Nordic folklore tells of a mythical creature possessing mighty strength and magical power. It was believed to be only a myth. Until now. Do 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 do. Switch Mania Playcast. Welcome to episode 14 of the Switch Mania Playcast. The troll episode. Yeah, I'm subtitling this one, Trash or Treasure? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to start the episode. <laughs> the trash? <laughs> or is it treasure? Oh my goodness. <laughs> JP says we're going to have polarizing thoughts on this game. Let's let's see if JP I think we will. Let's see if JP's a good analyst. Um, all right, so let's, let's, <laughs> I'm probably start, not. let's start everything with uh, feedback from last episode and things that we've had go on. Um, so first of all, I wanted to mention uh, we had the first contest winner who did the custom theme, um, and they got their game and posted their game. So I know JP mm-hmm. uh, has more info on that. Yes, so we gave away... A Amazon UK exclusive of Lego Movie Two with uh, the action fi- with the Lego figure inside a special collectible box. So we sent that off. The winner posted it on Twitter. So thank you. And that was our very first contest, and it was great because he made the JP Switchmania Switchmania Playcast theme song through Animal Crossing, yeah. which I thought was really really creative, really cool. Uh, so yeah, we were. We're happy to get that 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 winner, um, and I hope he enjoys the game. And some keen listeners may have heard that at an uh, earlier episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Threw that up. Um, <laughs> so another thing is, is and we're going to go in depth on this a little later, but JP posted the first preview link that we mentioned at the end of episode 13 for yes. the Switch Collector book. Um and essentially, it's switchopedia.com is where you can find all information on the Switch Collector book. Um, mm-hmm. There's been tons of feedback, to say the least. That's awesome. I'm, I, I like just on the on the Switch Collector page itself on Kickstarter, there was feedback, but also on Facebook, on Twitter, on the Discord. I mean, it was it was great. I mean, I loved all the responses, and you could tell people are are really excited for this i mean you know we are obviously but it's so great to see the community getting behind this as well yeah and i mean it was like to to say the least i was answering questions like saturday and the best part about it is these questions are going to make the campaign better because you know not only am i addressing and is jp addressing questions but we're also clarifying the campaign so that future people that go to it aren't going to have the same questions Um, right and i like that you know we did this about about a month in advance which is good like you're saying we can clarify but that means we also have time to change the descriptions on the page so when it does go live those questions aren't going to come up and it should be very clear as to you know what the tiers are what the, the pledges are what the book's really you know all about and that's i mean i like that because sometimes you know you don't get to see the kickstarter until that day 
And instantly you start kind of reading and maybe you're confused on one or two things. So you have to pose the question and wait for the response. And, you know, it's good to just get that out of the way. So, you know, on, on September 10th, which is what we announced as the go live date, it should just be ready to rock and roll. Exactly. And, you know, the thing is, is that I'm continually adding stuff. And I know uh, we're going to be posting uh, little diginos and tidbits every week up leading up to yep. it as well. Yes, I can't wait. Yep. Um, another thing that I had for feedback is literally, like, right before the recording, and we're recording a day early this week, um, Starquail actually gave me some clarification and feedback based on our episode on Tiny Barbarian. Ooh. Yeah, so... I, so basically... I have not heard about this yet. What he said was, is, um... Hey, now, getting around to the episode, just wanted to let you know, regarding references, maybe this is something we can touch on in the book interview you mentioned. Hint, hint, hint. Um, <laughs> uh, but when I was listing the references I felt were most intentional, I guess I forgot some, because the ones oh. you mentioned were also pretty intentional. I wouldn't boast, <laughs> like, contain so many references I forgot to count some, but I guess maybe that's true. <laughs> and basically he said the game came out so long ago that he's actually had time to forget things which is pretty funny um he also forgot to mention that um and i didn't even know is this one was during the uh, tiny barbarina entry event when you start the level um mm -hmm. he doesn't know if it comes through like this but it basically wanted to be like the start of metal gear solid 2 where raiden is still using the snake name as he sneaks in and then reveals himself in the elevator. Oh, that's awesome. She she actually did that and jumped out of the um robot and everything and revealed it as revealed it as her. So it was it was really awesome. Nice. Yeah, so super cool. And also very excited that Tiny Barbarian is on the cover of the Switch Collector Volume One. He did not mm -hmm. do that. <laughs> he was like, Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> So it was super rad. And then um, also going to supply some, ex not I don't know if it's necessarily exclusive, but um, mm -hmm. some artwork for inclusion in the book. So if we get to the two-page spreads or um, the end sheet printing, which means printing on the inside of the cover, um, mm -hmm. we actually could have some Tiny Barbarian exclusive, uh, not necessarily exclusive, but custom art sent from the creators. Oh wow! So yeah, that. So we need to hit that because I really want to see that work. New reveal right there. Yes. Um, and of course, as always, five star ratings on iTunes or at least a review of some kind is always appreciated. Uh, what feedback do you have, JP? Because I know you got a bunch too. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we got one of the best feedback I've seen so far. I mean, it's always great to hear people enjoying the show and and listening and you know being caught up. But there was one on Twitter that actually came out after our episode, and it was from at Closable8, and he wrote, I love your guys' feedback or podcast. I listened to four episodes today at work. It made me want to buy Tiny Barbarian. So I said, thank you so much. Tiny nice. Barbarian's a great game. It's only 20 bucks, like definitely worth it. So he said, your guys' voice made uh, kept me awake. You two have great insights on a ton of Switch topics. You two also seem very passionate about the Switch, and definitely Switchopedia. Uh, so thank you very much at Closable Eight. That amazing feedback. I mean, we love we love knowing that you know people are enjoying the show, and especially now that the book has been announced, we're just so happy to hear positive feedback 
about just people interested in it based off of what they've seen on the Kickstarter page. So, and, and I've seen a lot of feedback of, of people saying they were going to go back to Tiny Barbarian or check it out. Absolutely. So I think that's great. I mean, I definitely, it's definitely, I would say, one of my top indie games at this point for the Switch. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many out there, and I'm still just getting around to playing just the physical releases, let alone any digital releases. But, I mean, just playing it last week, it's definitely up there for me uh, as one that's just a must-own for the Switch in any version, and one that, like I said, I want to keep in my case until I beat it. Absolutely, and the fact that, you know, it has all the goodies released with it by Nicholas, and oh. it just had the perfect version released of the game which is amazing yes absolutely um anything else with news like with the um housekeeping feet? housekeeping no i mean I, I think we'll get more into the book a little bit later is it time it's time for troll and i oh my lord <laughs> <laughs> and that's where everyone turns off the episode right now and they don't they can't bear to hear about Troll and I, but no, I'm, I'm I'm actually excited to talk about this one. It's been one of those games that's just in the Switch core community. I don't know how it started. I honestly don't know who first took Troll and I as like the mascot kind of joke thing. But I mean, for the longest time now, you always hear about this game. You always see people tweeting about it, telling you know people to get it. It's just kind of like that running joke. And I thought, you know what? It's finally time that I played this game. And what better way to play it than by making you play it as well and us talking about Damn it. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. So shall we um, lay the the quick gr- groundwork, the wallpaper, as it may say? <laughs> yes, please. So Troll and I is an action-adventure video game developed by Spiral House and published by Maximum Games. Um, originally on the PS4, Windows, and Xbox One in March of 2017, and came over to the Switch in August of 2017. Supports both single-player and cooperative if you want to subject somebody else to this game. Um, <laughs> what, was the, what was the classic quote that it said? It was like, the best game of E3 2016, and like <laughs> it was like all this craziness, and then like... Everything you see on it from trailers and everything makes it, like, epic, which I'm absolutely going to include some epic music from the trailer at the end of this episode, at the end of to trail us <laughs> off, because what you heard and what you're probably finishing up hearing now is the intro song for the, like, for the title screen, and it has, like, even mm-hmm. crunchiness on that, so, like, it's just classic, 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 um... <laughs> Like and and the thing is, is the Switch community has definitely had its way with us. Um, so, how much of this game, JP, were you able to play? So, there's really no walkthrough online because I looked tonight to see how far I had gotten, and for whatever reason, I don't think anyone has completed creating a walkthrough for this game. But I would say I put in about three to four hours, and I can tell you where I am to see. Yeah, where you know, are you if you've at further or not? Yeah. So I've I've I got into the troll cave. I exited the troll cave, okay. and, and now I'm I'm like on the ledge, and we're just trying to navigate around the mountain to still head back uh, to Otto's home. So that's where I am. And I would say, like looking through all the like picking up all the pieces and the collectibles, I put in about three to four hours so far. So I just exited the troll cave myself. 
and then that's when oh, I, okay. that's when I stopped. Um, and I looked around. I did find a little bit of like a, a full video walks through of a eight hour progress. Didn't watch it this time, but I would say <laughs> we're about a quarter of the way through. We're okay. About, we're about a quarter right, of we're the making- way. Yeah. So. So we're making we're making progress. And I was literally like, I didn't get it in the mail until yesterday. Um, so I played it yesterday, and then I played it again today before the recording, so I could be fresh mm-hmm. on it. Um, so first things first, immediately when I started this up, it was completely stuttering. Like all the videos and everything were like juddering around and moving real like crazy, and it was the whole game was completely unplayable. And I literally sent JP a freaking video and I'm like is your game doing this is this what trolling is is this why people are like trashing it like, I can't even play this like you can't even watch it. I thought it was just a video or something I'm like oh god here we go um, but I literally rebooted my entire system and then everything was fine so, so, let, so let me ask you what version was your game because you mentioned you updated it right I updated it immediately I always do that with my switch games is I, I always update it to the latest version Okay, because I I didn't for whatever reason I didn't I think I actually I know why because I was at work and I couldn't uh, download an update anyway if there was one so I just started with and I think on the cartridge it was just version one mm-hmm. but and did you play it handheld or docked? I played it in handheld mode. Okay, okay, I did too. And yeah, when you sent that to me, I said no, not at all. I mean, I was I was playing it in my car at lunch and it played smoothly. I mean, we'll get into I guess like just the the choppiness of the game overall in terms of the movements, but the, the intro movie played fine for me. Like I, I enjoyed it and I didn't notice anything. So when you sent me that video, I said, Oh yeah, that's nothing like what I've, I've seen on mind. Yeah. That's really that was weird. Beginning. <laughs> really weird. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Like, and after that though, there was no issues. Um, so to me, the, the graphics, they're like PS2 era. And the voiceover yep. is super awkward to me. The The main character basically tells you what is going on throughout the entire game instead of letting the player just experience it. Like, he's looking at the troll and it's like, oh, yeah, you probably want to walk over here, don't you, guy? And like, and then he's saying it in his, like, his accent, and the accent's, like, a little I, weird. I, aside from the dreadlocks and the voice, my initial impression of the environment, um, the, the landscape the semi-open world i thought it was pretty cool i mean i i liked the graphics and yeah it was old school but it wasn't off-putting to me and you like old school too you made me play back in 1995 so i honestly today i was actually thinking that as we as we were going to talk about i said how am i going to compare this like in terms of the actual character movements and i was going to reference 1995 and say like that was just very blocky and choppy and just not enjoyable but this it wasn't the smoothest but i didn't think it was bad movements for the characters and i really enjoyed the unchartedness of when you're jumping from platforms or you're scaling the mountains or the rock walls i thought they were pretty cool yeah, I actually wrote down that the gameplay is surprisingly playable with a question yeah. mark. Like, I had no issues with the gameplay. Like, everybody's saying it's choppy or, like, one guy, one one commenter wrote, good luck hunting boars. And, like, literally once I realized, oh, you just aim a little high and center, like, it was right. fine. I didn't miss. 
<laughs> Shanna's shaking her fist because she was doing her tweet size review and her first game was Troll and I. And after two hours of trying to kill the two boars, she just quit. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> absolutely, it was not an issue. Boring, ever. It is not boring. boring. Or... Totally boring. <laughs> well, I mean, if all you were doing was trying to hunt the boars, I could see that it would be a little boring. Like... That was all I was trying to do was hunt those she's, boars. She's not a very good, you know, move two things at once on the screen kind of player. I can't multitask when gaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, you know, it's funny, she... She was playing it, and then she fell asleep. It was on. She woke up, and she's like, I'm done. I can't even kill this. Did you even kill the first boar? No. no. So there she goes. There was two. So she goes She goes upstairs, and I quickly, like, just take the game. I hadn't played it yet because we hadn't even decided on this. I quickly kill the two boars. I go upstairs, and I said, like, what's your problem? They're dead. But he, he but he's, Otto was so funny. He's like, come on, boar. I must feed my family. I heard that. 14 million times. 14 <laughs> As I said, so times. awkward, the, like, the voice work. Yeah. Like, uh... He's like... <laughs> I, ha- I mean, there's just some things in the game early on that I, I just didn't understand. So, for instance, you know when he's coming back from hunting and then the fire happens in his village and the tree falls in front of him and his mother is trapped and he's just like hugging the tree going like i can't get to you and the mother's like just run away i'm thinking like there's so many openings that i see that you could kind of quickly grab your mother and just get out and <laughs> i know the i know it was supposed to emphasize you know oh, the fire is burning and you just have no way of getting in but i was just looking i'm like all right that log isn't burning you could probably jump over it pretty quickly and then you're good to go but I, I, that part I thought was a little fun, and I love, I love the sliding in the beginning when you're when you're just sliding down the mountain. I purposely crashed them into a log once oh. just to see what would happen. I I didn't. I mean, I ended up crashing a lot of times. The animation was pretty cool when he died. I mean, it's not cool that he died, but I, I mean, it it was it was very animated, and I was actually surprised that I think this is T rated, and aside from him crashing into rocks and dying and whatnot. Even the troll, like killing, like stomping and, and crushing the, I'll call them orcs or goblins or people, it's pretty gruesome. You're cutting off heads and stuff too, like with your different weapons. Uh-huh. Um, so, so here's the thing. So where JP thinks we're gonna have polarizing opinions. Um, <laughs> so I wrote here. This is a classic case of all gamers taking the initial reviewer reactions. Yep. And making it law. Um, the thing is, is that like everybody trashed this game based on the first version. Um, the thing is, the developers and the publishers seem to have worked in, on on it to fix things through the updates, mm-hmm. and it's it's quote unquote not terrible. <laughs> is what yeah. I put, and I said let's explain. So I'm assuming that that's where you're going is that you actually didn't mind it too much. Um, no, I. Like, this is one of those games where I was going in expecting to just have so many problems. And there was one um, feedback, and I'll read it again later, but she had mentioned that at one point she just fell through the floor and, you know, it kind of glitched on her. And that actually had happened to me at that point because after you and the troll, can, you know, find each other, you're walking through the forest and there's... um. I guess I'll call them goblins. I don't know if they ever really explain like what these creatures are, but they're coming out of the ground, right? So it's mm-hmm. like the blue, the blue light, and they're they're climbing out, and you can close the portal or whatever you want to call it by having the troll throw a rock at it. So Otto was standing by it, 
I I switched over to the troll. I threw the rock, so I closed it up, and out of nowhere, the ground is gone, and I'm just like floating in like like mid space ground, and I couldn't turn around, I couldn't move, I couldn't switch back, and I I had to restart the game. But that was the only time that I really had something. Hmm. So I said the ether. Uh, yeah, uh, ether. Um. So I had a bunch of glitches, but um. I said it was kind of slow moving, but not broken. There's a few glitches that I had. One of mine was like falling to a ledge over and over and over again. So basically, like you move over to a ledge and like you would like fall off of it and hang. Yes. And then when you climb back up, you can, yes, you fall back down and you climb back yep. up. So you had to like switch to the troll, and then as he was climbing up, and then when you switched back, he would be standing up there. Like I had to like manipulate. Okay, I had the same. Yeah, I had the same problem, and it was that that first time when Otto climbs and you're learning how to jump from ledge to ledge. I had the same thing. I wanted to jump to the next ledge, but instead, I guess the the game knows if it's a ledge that you can jump to, or if you're automatically gonna kind of just jump down and hang. So I, that happened to me. I, I I hung down, and then when I tried to get up, I immediately fell back down, and I grabbed the ledge. So for me, what I did is I kind of just shifted Otto a little bit on the ledge and tried again, and it eventually worked. But yeah, I had the I had I know exactly what you're talking about. And then the other one is where I got stuck on a puzzle. So inside the troll ca- cave, you have the troll, and you push him. Yes. And, and you're you're pushing the the room like you push the room in a circle. Yep. And one of the times when I was pushing it around, I went to press the button to have the troll step away from it and the troll like just froze and I could like move some stuff around a, a slight bit, but I absolutely oh. could not do anything else. I couldn't change characters, I couldn't move, I couldn't do anything else. Like it was oh, that's interesting. Years, so I could do like a co- I could like pause the game, but that's it. Mm-hmm. So I literally had to restart the game. I thought it was going to restart me like way far back, like to when I enter the troll cave. So I gave up yesterday. Um, it actually only put me back to the beginning of the puzzle section. So uh, when I started it today, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's not too bad. Um, so it didn't yeah. take me back too far. And that was the weird thing because uh, the first time I died, I thought that I would start back right where I was, and I'll tell you which part that was. Um, but I ended up starting way back, and to me, that was a little little disheartening. So what happened was, after your initial ledge jump, you know how you're crossing the bridge, the bridge breaks, and then this is when you start using um, the troll to hold the plane wing after multiple parts, like between the gaps, and you have auto cross. So you finally get all the way to the end, and it's the first time you see rock wall. So Otto walks around it. He has to jump down, kill a few of the creatures. And I died because it was the first time this creature with a sword came. And I didn't realize that the instruction said you had to parry when the sword uh, glows white. So I ended up dying. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I saw a little cutscene. I thought I was going to start right back from there. But instead, I started all the way at the beginning of the forest when you're learning how to jump from ledge to ledge. I mean, that was a good, like, 10 minutes i thought of of maneuvering everybody around and to me i was just like oh wow i didn't think they would have me start that far back but after that i learned very quickly how to parry so that wouldn't happen again <laughs> and just so listeners are tracking just in classic troll and i fashion jp's audio was glitching partially through that 
It was, it was great. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like when you're doing the long talks, it glitches a little bit. I don't know. It's great. I don't breathe, so I just I just keep talking and talking yeah. and talking. It's classics. They were going to have some fun troll and I glitches throughout this episode. <laughs> uh, AKA my daughter's probably on Minecraft and my wife's probably on the internet using it. <laughs> so. Don't they know we're filming Switch Mania Playcast? Ah, damn it. Um <laughs> So one thing is, is um, you know, listeners should be aware that like right when you get to the troll, it's almost a little ambiguous of what you do, um, at first. Like if you watch the mm-hmm. trailer or any of the videos, like you kind of know you gotta like grab the plane wing and carry oh yeah, it no instructions. But like there is no instructions. So I only, I only knew to do that because on the back of the case he's holding up the plane wing. And it, you know, it's 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 the image that says co-op or you know you work together. So I knew that, but yeah, there was no instructions whatsoever what to do. It was kind of just figure it out on your own. Which okay, you know, games can do that, but sometimes it's weird because they teach you how to jump from ledge to ledge. They teach you how to access all your inventory, but they don't tell you how to do the first puzzle. Yeah. So. I mean, do we have any um, listener feedback for this episode? Let's see if we can keep JP from glitching. Sure. Okay. I said... All right. Pause. I'm going to switch over again. All right. Continue. So this week on CP Switchmania Twitter, I asked the question, Hey, Gonzali and I will be playing Troll and I from Maximum Games on this week's episode. We want to know if you've played it, and if so, what are your thoughts? So we had 174 votes, and actually we ended up filming a recording a day early, so there's still 14 hours left, but I think this is a good representation. So we had 7% say they played it, so not, not that many. 9% said they own it, but they haven't played it. 2% said they would play it this week, and 82% said nope. So and here's the funny thing, is if this game is getting thoroughly trashed uh-huh. by the community, but nobody's played it. So it's just like nope. an ongoing joke that they watched a couple of YouTubers review this and trash it because they were having issues with it. Well, that's one thing, but like... I like to form my own opinions because I don't trust what the media tells me. Right. And I and because of that, because of that feedback we got, I actually started a second poll. And I said, after seeing some initial comments on our Troll and I poll, which we are going to read, and I said, I want to ask a new question. Will you not play a game solely based on reviews you've read? So we had 375 votes to this one with 22 hours left. And 16% of people said, I'll just trust the reviews. 35% said I'll try it for myself and 49% said 50-50. And you're right. I I was very surprised cuz I I pictured so many people saying that they would have played the game already and then we would see negative comments below, but 7% of 174 people which is nothing, you know, it's not a big population and I'm just wondering who's really played this game and who has just kind of made it into a joke. So it's fun. It's fun to jump on the bandwagon, but it also like yeah, kind it, of is dragging the uh, the troll through the uh, proverbial mud. It is. So 
let's see what some of the feedback was. Yeah. So at, at Trev underscore G1, he said, here is a quote from my pure Nintendo review where I scored the game 2 out of 10. The troll looks like an egg beater was taken to 80s pop culture. His body is similar to Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. His face looks like E.T. from E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Yep. And uh, I'm not sure if he wrote anything else. No, he did So I, I agree. Looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, so you, you know, no question. So Jeffrey Wittenhagen said, yeah, I don't know what's with the dreadlocks. Such a weird choice and why I didn't care for the Bionic Commando reboot from years back either. Uh-huh. So then at Smeagol and the Heads, also I just want to thank him, Smeag and the Heads, I want to thank him because he's always, he's always giving us feedback. So thank you for awesome. that. Awesome. Yeah, he said, I've heard the Switch version is awful, so I didn't end up buying it, which goes to your point right now, is that it's getting such a bad reputation that people are solely not even attempting to play the game just because they've heard it's bad. And, yeah. I mean, you know, there, sometimes... There are, like, graphical glitches. Like, there's times where I back up and I can see through the troll's head or, you know, there was... Right. there was, But I was expecting that, like, because of the, the bad rep. So maybe uh-huh. it's because my expectations were so low... Mm-hmm. That I was pleasantly surprised that it was not terrible. Like, I'm not saying it was good. I'm saying it was not terrible. Weird. Right. Like, like that would be like the quote. Hey, Hagen's Alley says not terrible? Question <laughs> mark. Like with a quote. Right. <laughs> like, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so at Sailor underscore James said, is it possible to complete it? And then I did a gif of the world may never know with the Tootsie Roll Pop. <laughs> Uh, um, at the Lord Rayless said, finished and completed. It's not the worst game ever, just super dated. Should have been released for the PS2 or early Xbox 360. 100% right. Uh, yeah, yeah. At JP Trini Pose said, crashed too many times, never finished it. I asked him when did it start crashing for him since I was at the beginning at that point. So he said, a little after getting back to camp after the slide part, I think it's been a while since I tried going back to it. So that oh, okay. could have been the, that now. could have been before um, the patches right there. Yeah. And that's the thing. We don't know what version everyone's playing with. I mean, I'm playing with version one, and I'm at this point, you know, three, four hours in, I'm not experiencing that many issues that a lot of people are saying that they've seen. Um, but let's keep going. So at link underscore rocks nineteen eighty eight said, I'm too damn poor to buy Switch games since they damn expensive, and I have a poop job. And paying for college, so I don't have time for video games as much, but I'm playing my old N64 as much as I can when I'm a barista at a coffee cupcake shop on campus. Okay. I said, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Did you play Troll and I, though? I, I don't know. Uh, at Rebecca underscore Artemis said, I bought it and tried playing it, but I died a couple of times from weird glitches, like falling through the floor, and I gave up. I didn't get far into it all, to be honest. And that's when I responded and said, that's exactly what happens to me. I blew up a rock, and all of a sudden, I'm falling through the floor. So at JCityDGaff said, this was a game I was interested in at first. Looked like it had potential to be great, but then the reviews started coming in. Twos and threes. I don't know if I've ever seen a game review so poorly. I also saw some super laggy gameplay that may have already been patched out. I don't know, but yeah. Um, so I said, did you ever get to play it once you read the reviews or did you stop at that point? And he said, the reviews turned me off from playing it. If it's patched up and fixed, I wouldn't be opposed to giving it another shot. I think it's on sale for like $5 on the eShop, if I'm not mistaken. Can't be worse than WWE 2K18 on the Switch. Ha-ha. Am I right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, that that was just very interesting because 
Yeah, I honestly thought we would get a lot of responses of people who had played it and then just didn't like it. But when I saw that not that many who answered the poll had actually tried it out, you know, it makes me believe that, you know, one person said it was bad, two people said it was bad, it starts becoming a joke, and then everyone just automatically assumes, oh, oh, you mentioned Troll and I, that's that, that game, that game's not that good. I mean, I just and, remember a lot of video, like, reviewers, the ones that, like, jump on every new game and new thing and review it real quick, they, like, mm-hmm. posted videos and stuff of it, like, running terribly, and like if it and it could have been. And, and well the thing was is one of the videos was absolutely the stutter thing and all I did was reboot it once and then the stutter went away. Right. So like if they just didn't know to reboot the system and then they trashed the game like I don't know. I'm a beta tester by heart too though, so I'm going to try to make the thing work. <laughs> yeah, and I mean there's not jumping away from the feedback, but there's one part that I've seen in the game that I just don't understand if I'm doing it wrong, if it's a glitch in the game. So I want to ask you because maybe you've been able to do what I couldn't, but there's green walls to explode and there's blue walls. And in the game, there's green crystals, right? So you mm-hmm. you make a spear with the green shard, you throw it at the rock wall, it explodes, it opens up a new pathway. Same thing with the blue, I thought, because in the troll cave, there are these blue little crystal um, patches, but I could never mine them. The blue ones? And I've, ha- yeah, and I have not been able to open up any blue wall. I would assume and- that it's going to have some Metroidvania style backtracking where eventually you're going to get the blue crystal and, and be able to go back. Which, you think so? Which, if they do that, oh, that would be a slow, a, a slow walk backward. Like that is something that a PS2 era <laughs> game would do to pad its length. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the 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 movements weren't that fast, but I felt once you you did the running, so you hold L and you're running. I thought it moved pretty quickly. I mean, there's a stamina bar, so you know you do slow down after a little bit of time. But overall, I didn't think that I was moving too slow. It was just monotonous and just, you know, all right, I'm trudging along, nothing's happening. I always felt that, you know, the next wave of enemies was close enough that when I ran, it was only you know, a minute or so between between action scenes. Um, so that, that part didn't bother me that much. And, you know, growing up on, like, PS1 games and, and PS2 games that, yeah, this wasn't, like, so far removed from enjoyability for me at all. Yeah. Do we um have any more feedback? Not from that poll. I mean, the other poll that I did was just uh, about the, you know, will you play a game based on reviews? Oh, and, you know, yeah. we got, yeah, we got some good responses to that, that, you know, um, and, and some valid ones that people don't have a lot of money, so they have to read reviews, not have to, but they read reviews to see if this game is worth their money. And that's not, fair because... Not a bad idea. No, not a bad idea. Um, we can read just a few of them, so... Um, we'll just start at the beginning. So, at Kaiokin21 said, I usually judge the game for myself when I play it. I only watch reviews for the early gameplay footage. I barely trust those reviewers who was given the game for free. Your reviews seem to be fair to me, though. So, thank you. We do try and be fair at JP Switchmania. My reviewers do get the codes for free, but I always tell them, review it fairly. I mean, we don't just give out tens we've we've given out low scores well, we give out you know this wasn't this range. wasn't posted as a switch media playcast poll right it was just a poll for your twitter right yeah it was just twitter just based off of the initial troll and i 
uh, reviews. Well, the original, or, uh, the original poll that we poll did was for the playcast, though. So was the was the comment talking about the playcast reviews, or are they talking about your Switch JP Switch Mania website reviews? Oh, that last comment was about my website. Oh, so that so the, so the second so the second poll was that because we do review every game that we talk about too. So yes. I I had posed the question more so just as a generalization to see what people do, not so much about our reviews. Okay, I'm just making of our, sure. Of the game. Because you are yes, Carly yes, yes. Simon sometimes. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, so let's so see if any listeners the headset, get that. By the way, both reviews. I didn't. It went over my head. I'm just laughing. Oh, um. So there's a song by Carly Simon. Look it up. All right, I will. <laughs> <laughs> or someone tweet me what he's talking about, please. Okay, so Ed Smeegan the Head said, if both reviews and word of mouth are universally negative, I usually skip it. Um, at Niels underscore Pokeboy said, most of the time I read watch like 10 reviews before buying a game. It doesn't help them on a small budget, so I can't play everything. Then I take the reviews in mind when buying the games. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um at and underscore essential said, the more I've seen, the more I've been seeing troll and I posts here, the more I want to try it. So I think you should. Um, at extravagan said, always trying first. If I believed all the crap some game journalists spit, I would have played Super Mario for 20 years. That's right. Okay. <laughs> at Alex underscore Lou zero three said it's a collection of reading reviews, watching gameplay. I try to give most games a chance, lol. But I know it isn't what I'm into. Then never mind. Um, and there's there's a few more, so we're not going to go through all of them. But it does sound like a lot of people tend to look at video reviews, written reviews, what the community is saying, form their own opinion. Um, and you know what? that's fair because I mean, thankfully with today's technology it's very easy to find a review it's it's easy to find the let's play or even just gameplay of the first 20 minutes which a lot of time is what's allowed you know up to the embargo date of when a game is released um so there's a lot of ways to start forming your opinion but this one to me just like in terms of every switch game out there has just been baffling just how it got to this reputation and i don't know how it started just like even in our community. It's just like one day like somebody mentioned Troll and I and it just kind of took off from there. Craziness. <laughs> yeah. So probably go over our recommendations. Um, so for, sure. for, for me, that's a couple of things I actually didn't mention during the main part. Um, so I wrote down that the climbing is slow but doable. Um, it's like you kind of like hop around and it takes a little bit of time. Um, the combat works. It's pretty satisfying. Like, when you're playing as Otto, like, the main character, like, you have these clubs and you mutilate the bad guys. You, like, crush them. Once. Oh, yeah. So, like, you beat them up, beat them up, and then there's, like, a little end animation when you take them out. And then, as you mentioned, the troll, like, crushes them with his feet and smashes them and they go flying. And it's really satisfying. Um, and then I also mentioned, which is something we didn't touch upon, the crafting mechanics are, are decent and the leveling up is pretty yes. fun so like as you go through you just literally like zelda breath of the wild which is a horrible comparison to trolling out <laughs> but um you literally collect everything that you can see around but instead of like just going around and you can obviously see everything like there's little icons on the map that you see that everything you can like pick up and collect 
Um, and it's it's pretty annoying that I, when you max out the inventory, it's like, I can't collect that. I can't collect that. I can't collect <laughs> that. Like a million times. And it's like, stop, dude. Got it. Like, you know, I do want to interject here. So that's one thing do, about... JP, interjecting panda. I'm, I'm a polite guy, even though it's our show. I don't like to interrupt. But, you know, you're saying picking up everything. That's one of the problems I had with the game is that it was it wasn't very easy to pick up all the time because what happens is the items are on the ground and the selectable items um, kind of glisten so you could tell what they are. But like you kind of sometimes have to be pinpoint right on top of it or looking at it the right way to be able to scoop it up because yep. a lot of times you know the map shows you where everything is that's fallen. So that's a that's what I like about it is that you can easily see where all the items are on the map, but always picking them up was like, I would walk forward, I'd have to walk backwards, I'd have to tilt the camera a little bit. Um, and even something as simple as the bamboo sticks to, to make your your spears, the whole tree is glistening and I walk up to it and I have to like turn multiple ways until the X comes up that lets me, you know, make the, the spear. So that, you know, I noticed a lot happening throughout the game. And the troll is the worst, too. Like, when you have to move him around, like, he kind of hobbles really slowly and trying to get, like, to a rock that you're going to throw to crush, yeah. like, an enemy spawn point. Like, you kind of got to manipulate it. and Not too good, but, 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 I did. but the crafting mechanics itself to make spears with different mm -hmm. types of spear tips and uh, trying to do that was fun. It's also nice that you can level up the characters like the way you want. Like, were, I was, you, were you able I, to though? Because I only in the very first time where they showed you how to level up, you get I think ten or twenty points. Yeah. And but throughout the rest of the game so far that I played, I have not gotten any more points. You haven't and been collecting everything, JP. Um, I've I, been trying to. I think I I think I collect like figured out that. At least the points that I've been getting, because I've leveled up like a bunch of stuff. Um, a lot of attack. Oh. Um, I've leveled up the health of the troll. Um, what? As I think it has to do with the idols you collect, the gold idols that you collect around the levels. Because I collected a bunch at one time. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I had seventy points, and I had like thirty oh. troll points. And so. I gotta look again because I do pick up the idols. I mean, I may have missed some things here or there, but I've been trying actively to clear the map screen of any any items. But the other thing I didn't understand is that when you kill the enemies, there's like a blue orb that forms above them. Does does that do anything? I didn't see that doing anything, but like it may allow you to recharge your blue powers, which is like the trolls yell. Um, oh, you know what? I never walked over to it at, or walked over to them as the troll. I only used the stones to to charge up the troll's powers. Yeah. Hmm, that's yeah, a good the, point. This, it's, this, maybe. It's the same blue. So right. I kind of thought that was it, but I never really used the troll's powers ever. So because I literally just crushed them with his feet. And I never had an issue. So <laughs> that reminded you know what? That actually reminded me of the Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction that came out for the PS2 um, era. It's just like Hulk smashing and like foot stomping and just like crushing the enemies. That was very satisfying. And I felt that the troll was overpowered because even though they were hitting me by the feet, I never felt like my health was really in danger so as opposed to Otto where... No, you compared Troll and I to Hulk Ultimate Hulk. Destruction. It would be like if you put hulk inside of cement 
that's drying and almost drying, and that's how fast the Hulk would move. That's how fast the troll moves. He's like sluggishly slow. Like moving. well, the 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 enemies are quite patient in Troll and I. They don't mind standing around. I mean, seriously, when I'm doing the finishing animation move as Otto, and there's like three enemies around me, they're all just waiting for me to finish. No one's trying to stab me in the back. No one's trying to take me out. So I thought that it was nice that they were very polite in that respect. They're like JP, polite and nice. And if you use the rolls in the parries, um, it's like I really wasn't even taking much damage at all. So um, to me, based on all that, like my recommendation is that this game isn't as bad as people make it out to be. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people are judging this based on its initial version and the few reviewers that got it as a early review copy. Um, Or they're overly comparing Troll and I to the PS4, Xbox One counterparts, Mm -hmm. which I haven't played, but I would assume are graphically superior. I also have to assume that the controls are about as bad. Um, but that being said, this is nowhere near any kind of a top tier game. Um, however, I got the game for like $10 plus like a couple bucks shipping. Like it was like maybe $12 shipped. So for like 10 bucks or when one of the listeners said like $5 digitally, like Uh it's worth a try. Like, and if you enjoy old school xbox ps2 games like mm-hmm. and you can put up with uh, the weird controls like if you've played an old resident evil tank controls like that's mm-hmm. the sluggishness and the awkwardness of trying to line up like an action or something that's kind of what that is um if you can tolerate all that like it's not horrible it's definitely not polished it definitely needs a lot of work but mm-hmm. it's not it's not the best game of E3 or the the greatest game of all time like that says on the back of the box. What does it say on the back of the box? Like, like it, I gotta find you know I'm gonna get it because I have it. Because it all literally right. says something along the lines of like the 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 best game of all time or something. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, there's one thing we actually didn't talk about, and ironically, it has to do with the Switch is switching the characters. I thought it was very very seamless. Yeah, so uh, the characters wasn't an issue. Um, no, and, and it was nice because, you know, you can call him over. You can have the troll pick up Otto. So when you want to move faster together, you know, he's kind of riding the shoulder. Except when, I thought, you, you know, when you punch, Otto falls off. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> A little nerd. But when you press the R trigger, I mean, it was, it was instant. You know, there wasn't any weird delays or weird animations that take, you know, a little bit of time. It was just instantly you're, you're the other character. So I thought... On the switch, making the switch was easy. <laughs> and I will say, you know, if after listening to this, you haven't even heard my feedback yet, but after listening to this and you want to pick it up, Amazon right now has it for eleven dollars and two cents with free shipping. It's eleven bucks only, people, and there's only one left in stock. So will it sell out? We'll find out. <laughs> one left in stock, yeah. I I think <laughs> I got it for twelve or something. I don't remember. Yeah. See, it's even gone down so so my did you have anything else to add for your uh, feedback or recommendation i gave my recommendation okay so my turn i would recommend this game i know that's no surprise because i like everything and i i went into this not wanting to hate it and you know what i have to say 
the story, okay, it's not the most original, right? It's I don't even know if we even discussed the story, but this rich old guy wants the troll dead or alive. He takes his bounty hunter and tells him, go find it. And then five years later, you know, that's where the game picks up. But you know what? Otto, aside from his voice and the fact that he monologues everything out loud, I thought the game was fun. It, it kept me engaged. I liked the the different areas. I thought it was, you know, semi-open world-ish. So far, the one puzzle I did with the, the propeller plane was fun. And I, I liked, you know, how they work together. I like watching the relationship build between them through the cutscenes. Um, but yeah, the game was, it is sluggish. It is old school graphics. It's not going to be yeah. anybody's, I think, you know, top five, top ten game. But for $11, I would say even $20, it's a game that's fun to play. And I didn't get to try it. So it says you could play the story campaign locally with a friend. I didn't get a chance to try it, but I would imagine it could be kind of fun to What was my quote on that, JP? What was your quote? Yeah, when you told me you could play cooperatively, what did I tell you? It was funny. Did you say you wouldn't subject yourself to that? No, I said, oh, I could have my daughter play with me. And I said, no, wait, I don't want to ruin video games for her. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you would. And... And I and I didn't get to say this before, but I think it has one of the funniest lines in a video game that I've heard in a long time. And you've heard this one, but it's when he he meets the troll and he's like, "Do you understand anything I'm saying?" And he's like, "Blah blah bleedy blah blah blue," and just like so serious. And I just remembered like like I took my eyes off the screen for a second and I heard this and I just started cracking up. I was like, "That's brilliant writing right there." That was just very funny. So I would I would recommend this game. I know a lot of people will not and they'll say, no, what are you talking about? But you know what? For eleven, twenty dollars, I I still want to see how the story ends. So I will say that I'm not gonna go back and play this game. Um, the other thing is, is we were saying people were giving it twos and threes out of ten. I mean, all of that that I said, it's about a five out of ten game. I was gonna give it a six. You would give it a six with falling through the world and glitches and having to restart it. And no, but, 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 I'm just one, saying one like, time for one time for me only. Hmm. I've only had to restart one time because of that. Um, oh, I'm just saying that like all the different nuances. There's no way it would be above a mid-range game. Hmm. Like, I mean, that's you just being nice. I would say so. JP's scale is on a scale of six to ten. <laughs> six is the worst. Ten is the best. <laughs> Is he can't go below a six because he feels bad, people. So it's, it's true. You know, I look at every game as somebody putting time and effort into it. I look at the goods, and you know what? This game, in captive, in that moment, all right, maybe I won't say captivate. It engaged me, right? I didn't feel bored playing it, and I've enjoyed every aspect of the story. I will so say far. this though: it's not the worst game we've played on the playcast. No, it's definitely no, not. Like, I mean, and, and I also enjoyed it, like, even though it's not worse than Troll and I, I enjoyed Troll and I more than I did Tumble Seed when we played it. And Tumble Seed's and like a holistically... Yeah, and I mean, tr- like, Tumble Seed's a holistically decent game. I just didn't personally like it. I actually liked Troll and I better. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so that being said, it's not horrible. It's not a terrible game. Um, no, it's not. Definitely worth picking up for cheap um, you can get under ten dollars, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I will say, I will say, 
if you want to be in Switch Core, you got to buy Troll Knight. No, I'm just kidding. But that's that's our running joke is that, you know, everybody that has a Switch kind of needs to own Troll and I. And you know what? I think I think more people would be surprised that they're enjoying it than not enjoying it. But nobody is playing it because obviously nope. it's 7%. Well, after, <laughs> after this episode, every place is going to sell out because people are going to say, hmm, maybe I will try this game finally. And I think they'd be pleasantly surprised or not. Well, I mean, like I said, I set my expectations so low that mm-hmm. like anything it would have done decently would have surprised me because I was expecting it to be that graphical mess that I had at the beginning. So the fact right. that it didn't do that, and I'm like, oh, you can actually play this. Like it's like it's not <laughs> as bad as I was expecting, but right again, like not unexpected. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we already talked about it last week that uh, this week we are going to join Nintendo in their free trial Ooh. of Super Mario Tennis Aces. Mario Tennis Aces. It's already available for download, everybody. You can download it right now. And then when the trial goes live on Wednesday the 7th for the week, okay, it will allow you to play. So, so, we, so you and I actually need to play this then against each other. Yeah. We absolutely need to play it, and if you are, we have yet to play a game us, together. And if they are friends with us on Switch, any of the listeners, we will be online some of these nights. Um, I will be and, in Arizona this weekend, so it'll be interesting to try to get a hold of me when I'm not drunk and alcohol and, poisoning at and, Game on Expo. And not to intimidate anybody, but I used to play tennis for a long time. I played in high school. I was captain of the varsity team. So that's clearly going to translate very well to Mario Tennis for me. So good luck, everybody, if you uh, if you get paired up with me. <laughs> <That'd be classic. laughs> or I'm going to be horrible. <laughs> now, is this one of those classic right. games where game. we can't um, actually play together and it's like a rando thing, kind of like Mario Maker 2? Or can you actually just pair up with friends on Switch? Oh. That's a good question. I'm not entirely sure. I thought we'll for some reason talk you could about play it against friends. Next week. Yeah, we're gonna find out. We will talk about it next week. Um, so uh, that's it for Trollina. Um, let's continue on. And the only thing I got in this week was Trollina. So woohoo! <laughs> Lucky. That's me. it. You're done. Oh my god. That's it. I'm done. There was a game that you was know, supposed to be delivered until... today, and it hasn't been delivered yet. Well, up until today, I only had one game to talk about, and then I got seven today. So I'll have a little bit more to talk about. So, all right, I I did not get Troll and I. I've had that since launch when it came out, or since the launch of its game, not the Switch. So the games that I got in um, was Enter the Gungeon. So this is the retail release um, from Dodge Roll, Devolver Digital, and Special Reserve Games. Um, and some people may be wondering, but didn't I hear that uh, Enter the Gun is coming out through Special Reserve Games? You're correct. They are going to be releasing it off of their website on August 20th, open for pre-order. It's going to have a different cover. I believe it's going to have a manual and some additional con- uh, some additional goodies. Um, and but there was a retail J- release. As, as listeners well. can tell, JP has not opened the game because you hear diaper rash sounds as he's talking <laughs> and making the diaper I, noises with his hands because he doesn't open his games, just, people. Yes, I do. Please. <laughs> I actually, I'm going to do a tweet size unboxing of this game tonight, 
And my second game that I got was Guacamole 1-2 Punch Collection. And this is from uh, Drinkbox Studios and Leadman Games. So it's it's Guacamole Super Turbo Championship Edition plus the second one. It's two games, all of the DLC. It comes with an original soundtrack, DLC for both games, a two-sided poster, and a manual. So I'm definitely doing a tweet size unboxing of that one because what's funny is that, you know, a lot of times... We talk about the cases being empty, and here we have two releases that are pretty weighty, and they have goodies inside, which you know you normally don't see that often. So it's nice that two releases this week have have stuff inside the cases. Um, yeah. So the no, other game that I got, as JP yes. is talking, you can hear him crinkling the whole time because we're on an audio <laughs> podcast, JP. <laughs> I want people to know that I'm really holding these games; they can hear it. It makes them want to buy the games. Okay, Crunchy. <laughs> yeah, all right. So the next one is a box, so hopefully you're just going to hear shaking now. No, um, I got R-Type Dimensions EX from Strictly Limited Games. So that's the limited publisher from Germany. This is their next release that came out. I bought the collector's edition. I actually did a tweet size unboxing on Twitter. It's really cool. It comes with a dog tag, some bumper stickers, art cards, a really nice art manual, uh, and in their nice... Uh, magnetic box that you've seen with their previous releases, so like Fox and Forest. So I got that in. Um, then I got one, two, three, four, five Fosicle games, and these came out previously in the UK. They were only available, as far as I know, from Argos, a uh, UK retailer. But these are five games that are digital codes in the box, everybody's favorite, uh, hot topic point. But I got them in, so I was supposed to get a sixth one in, and it's actually going to arrive tomorrow, so we'll talk about that one next week. But the ones that I got in was Constructor Plus, it was Fruitfall Crush, Impossible Mission, James Pond, Codename Robocod, and Rally Racers. So these are, aside from Constructor Plus, the other ones were only $14.99, which I actually believe is the price of the digital game on the eShop. So the only difference here is you get a case, you get a code in the box. These were available from Amazon and GameStop. But did they here's even a print on the inside of the cover? On the inside, I'm looking because I haven't opened it yet. I think it's just the um, like the warranty information. <laughs> I have. I don't think it's actually any like artwork or anything like that. See, that would be nice but to I, know, JP, Mister. I don't open anything because like if people are gonna okay. try to All right. collect these foxical things like the other game the sixth game that came out was like super putty and like if you follow the the switch facebook page like there was like six people that posted the exact games that you got today i saw that like a little before we recorded i saw these these same games and i'm like oh look people got enter the gungeon people got like i was like man y'all are obsessed okay you know what i'm gonna open all right well there's one that i wanted to download I'm going to open right here. You're going to hear it right now. I'm going to open up James Pond, codename Robocod. So let's see what's inside. Here we go. All right. Take the wrapper, open it up, and... Oh, okay. This is interesting. So on the inside, it actually says game controls, hints and tips, hidden treasures, and customer service and warranty. And that's on the left side in English. And on the right-hand side is... I think that's French, as far as I can tell. So it's the exact same stuff on the other side, but 
Oh, you know what? There is inner artwork. It's faded into the background of the text, but it's the but it's essentially the cover. So it's the same same image that's on the front, but it's it's right in the middle of the inner artwork. Um, underlay the the text. So that's pretty cool. So you have the game controls. You have hints and yeah, that's awesome. And then you also have a download code with a scratch off that you have to use uh, to reveal the code. So and then on the back, cool it just that says, they actually put something on the inside of the cover though, instead of just leaving it blank. Yeah. At least they did that because uh, there was a whole so I, ongoing topic on the Switch Collectors group that was talking about whether it's real or like it's worth collecting or not. And the, and people were writing like, it's a collector's group, not a cartridge collector's group. And then I just yes. responded that, you know, it's not necessarily preservation of the game, but it's still something that's collectible. It'll be covered in the switch collector book. So, well, I think what's really cool is it's, it's its own category, right? I mean, you know, I, I made up the term physical, we can call it whatever we want, but it is its own category and it's growing too. And, that leads me to my next point is that, you know, a lot of people obviously prefer a physical cartridge over a digital code. Sometimes we don't get that option. So, like, for instance, James Pond, codename Robocod, Rally Racer, Fruit Fall Crush. We probably would never have seen a physical anyway just because the price of it on the Switch, on the eShop, you know, probably wouldn't have warranted a physical of it. But here we have the opportunity to at least buy it in another format. And for the exact same price as the eShop, to me, it's just saying, okay, you have two ways to do it. You're not spending any more, but you get a real case. And I think that's pretty cool. Where the the criticism is, is now twofold. One, we've talked about with the Wolfenstein game, is that you have companies that should be able to publish a game on a cartridge, and they didn't. And I, I, I would say the first game that we've really had um just uh, like the sentiment about is that wolfenstein right because we were very surprised that a game like that would have been a code in a box i would say that wasn't but the, the other first. issue now that's the i would say that's the no latest one that they haven't released the first game that was fosical that really grinded my gears was sonic mania special edition where we didn't get yes. a game in it and then luckily they rectified it with the plus edition so to yes, me right. i would justify that as them waiting till all the dlc was out so they put everything on one cartridge but they put out this giant genesis size full genesis with a mario statue and it doesn't even come with the cartridge no no cartridge no case even it came with a Genesis cartridge with the ring in it, but no Switch game. It's like crazy. Yeah. But but here's my problem now. So the other one of the games that I got this week um, that was this physical was Constructor Plus. But in the UK, they actually got a real physical of this with a cartridge, exact same game. And now in the US, we got just a digital code. That to me, I don't understand why. And the second game that I or the other game that I didn't get that'll come in tomorrow is that Super Putty Squad. And that game in the EU got an actual physical release. Yep. So that to me is just a little odd why we wouldn't have gotten the same treatment and instead have just gotten this. Um, but yeah, I would say that out of every kind of game that comes out for the Switch, the only time I get a lot of, I don't even want to say hatred, but just a lot of negative feedback is with these, right? I'll post that I got them and all of a sudden like people just come out of the woodwork to just criticize that i even buy them i even share them online but like you said 
not everybody is a cartridge physical collector. People are just could be collectors in general of all the different formats. And I'll say it again, like my my goal in all of this with JP which means to inform people of what's out there. I'm not telling you what to buy. I prefer a physical cartridge. I'll always get that. But if something like this comes out, to me, that's a collectible. And so, I'm going to so buy one it. question that I asked a while ago, which I don't think we talked about in the Playcast, um, would you consider the download cards that are at Walmart worthy collecting if they don't have a physical at all? Because there are a few. See? Right. Me, as a collector, I look for a case. That's how I collect. So yeah. if there's a code in an actual switch case, yeah, I collect that. I consider that part of my collection. The digital codes, just to me, no. But again, maybe to other people, they like the artwork on the card. They like collecting just the cards because it's a different format to get the game. And that's not wrong. But to me, I don't count it. Yeah. See, so you have your line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, but I'm never going to tell somebody you shouldn't be buying that. Exactly. Because you're ruining the industry because you're telling companies, hey, it's okay to, to release games like this. I mean, I'm glad people think that I can influence the entire industry as to whether they should make games on a cartridge or on a digital code. I don't think I have that power, nor do I want that responsibility. But to me, you know what? It came out in retail. It has a, it, it counts to me, and, it, and it's in the case, and I like that. So... Yeah, that's that's my stance on it. And at this point, I'm not going to change, and I'm not going to ask anyone else to change how they buy. But I will post these. I mean, they are a Switch physical release, just not a physical cartridge. But I'm excited to put them in the book, though, because I feel like as the years go on, we're going to be seeing more of them. And I hope that we get more creativity like we did with the Sonic Mania one. So it's going to be an interesting um, subcategory. Well, and watch. some of the games they'll get covered twice. Like Super Putty is going to be covered. Yes, like Super Putty. Yeah, yeah. And then it'll be covered and, in a Fox and I will. section in 2019. Now, one one other thing I will say for you, variant collectors, is Impossible Mission is a digital code in the box in the UK. It's the same way in the US that just came out, but it's different covers. So aside from the back of the of these boxes all being different than the UK ones, because for whatever reason, we have French and English on all of these back cases. In the UK, it was all English. But on the cover of Impossible Mission, it's actually a completely different cover. And well, I have to say, I think I like the US cover better. And the thing is, is that three of those games are retro classic games. Like, Impossible Mission was a and remake of that. the classic C64 Impossible Mission where it goes, Another visitor, stay a while, stay forever. That's what it says at the beginning of Impossible Mission on the Commodore. Then you got Robocop, which is a classic game, Amiga-style game um, from the Commodore Amiga, as well as it had some some, Genesis version. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, Super Putty is actually a... I don't know if it's like a spiritual successor to a Super Nintendo game called Jelly Boy in Japan. Mm-hmm. Jerry Boy. And what's what's in, and what's interesting is on the back of Robocod and um, Impossible Mission it says Retro Classic, but what's really cool on the Impossible Mission one it says a faithful ap- adaptation of the past epics classic that improves on the original in every way includes three versions: the C sixty four original classic. And the totally updated new version. So it's only two, so I don't know where the third one is. But you have both versions on it. And the game looks cool. 
So it's one that I would open up, download, play, and if we're never going to see a real physical, then I'm glad we got this version of it. I actually got one cool collectible that I think we're going to be able to include in the the Switch Collector book, but it won't be until, I want to say, year three, actually. So hopefully we'll remember this come down the line. Um, Do you remember the game Truber Brook that recently came out? No. (laughs) Okay, so it's a point-and-click game. I believe it's set in the 60s, and it looked really cool. This was actually a Kickstarter initially, back for the PC and maybe the PS4 as well. I'd have to look. Uh, yeah, so PC, um, PS4, Xbox, whatnot. But eventually, this came out for the Switch. But the Kickstarter, I don't believe, initially started out with the Switch. So they had a tier where you could get a collector edition, and it was a PC box. And you open it up, and there's stickers, there's postcards. On one of the spines, it's autographed by all the developers. And it looked really cool. So I didn't know that this thing existed even after the game came out in retail until somebody on the Discord posted that they had backed this. And I guess they honored the backers with a Switch version because it eventually got announced. So I reached out to the developer team, which is BTF. I just want to double check. Yeah, BTF. And I asked them, I said, hey, I just saw that you had a collector box. I know it's not necessarily Switch-related, but I think it's awesome. Any way I could get one. You still had available. And they were pulled. They responded back and said, no, it was just for Kickstarter. I said, okay, you know, it doesn't have the Switch logo on the box itself. So it's not a thing that is officially Switch. And then I would, this was about two, two and a half months ago. And then about two, three weeks later, they reached back out to me. They're like, hey, we actually do have one if you're interested in buying it. It's, you know, X amount of money. I said, yeah, absolutely. I would love it. I mean, I, even if it's not a true Switch collector edition, it has to do with a Switch game, and I could put the game inside the box. So they said, okay. So they shipped it to me, and for about a month and a half, it was just lost. I mean, I was tracking it. It said it was it was accepted at the post office. So I thought that the package had gotten lost, and lo and behold, two days ago, it finally arrived. And I have to say, I'm pleasantly surprised, and I'm glad that they you know, reached back out to me, and now I can add this to my growing collector editions. And I like that it's, you know, it's a little piece of Switch memorabilia, even though it's not specifically Switch, but I think it's something that we should include in, in a future book, though, because I think it is cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that could be another question, poll, or something for all the potential backers and for the community itself. Like, do you consider something that is released on the Switch but has a special edition not on the Switch but it's not mm-hmm. branded to a specific console, is that worth adding? Because, for example, um, we mentioned the coins in a previous episode, and there's a yes. Doom Challenge coin, but that Doom Challenge coin, I am not sure if it actually was released with the Switch version as well or if it was just during the initial release in 2016. So, right. I mean, to me, it's still, with the same game, it's still a classic. Like, be well worth having, but, like, is that worth collecting on a general, you know, landscape? Right, and that's... Think about. It's even, like, Doom Eternal's coming out, and there's a collector edition for PS4 and Xbox One, and not for the Switch. Do you count that? To me, I don't, because, you know, it's clearly separated to those consoles, whereas Truberbrook is an example the Switch became an option during the Kickstarter. So they offered it, you know, with Switch backers. 
but at the same time, it's not really a Switch exclusive. Um, and the same thing, right? I mean, you have you have certain games that come out for multiple consoles, like the Doom, that get a collector edition or a different version of it, and we don't get it. So essentially, you could buy the PS4 collector edition, swap out the case, you know, with a Switch one, and boom, you have a Switch collector edition. As Does long that as count? It's not branded, yeah. Because right. um, there's one thing that I'm including with the um with the switch book that it's lego city undercover there was actually a lego set themed to the game that was released during the wii u iteration but it's associated with the game not with the wii u and there's still a code that's applicable that works in the switch version so Mm -hmm. like it's something that you could have bought that goes along with the game Mm -hmm. but it wasn't really it was released way before the game so that's a weird like crazy thing to me right so i mean the question is is like what does everybody think like that's a good question i'm sure we'll have a lot of opinions which is good i hope we hear them exactly um so for the news where are they stuff um yes we're no longer glitched um and just so everybody <laughs> knows we taught jp during the break how to use headphones now and Yay. so apparently he had me on speaker and it was causing the entire audio to pause every time i talked and there was a lot of glitching going on um, for 13 for... episodes, I've had you on speaker. I know, and today my internet's a little little finicky. Uh-huh. So, um, I would say absolutely, if I forget something, that's just my bad that I didn't edit it out, Like, because it may be. It's going to be mm-hmm. fun to edit today. Um, mm-hmm. So the first things first, obviously, the game for episode 15 is going to be Mario Tennis Aces. So it is free for Nintendo Online subscribers from 7 to 13 August. Um, hmm. So we will absolutely be playing that for the Switch Mania Playcast. Um, so there's two things that I alluded to JP that I didn't play my hand with um, when it came to new stuff. Yes. And he's like, you're not going to tell me? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> I'm going to tell you on the cast. Um, so, so the first thing is new aspect for the book. Mm-hmm. Don't know how deep this rabbit hole goes. We, uh, we just mentioned other collector items, right, for different consoles. That's something to think about. Here's another thing. Um, I had some buddies post something. Um, press kits for Ooh. Switch games. So Horizon. Mm-hmm. There's a press yep. kit for it, and my buddy, oh, I know. My buddy Reggie posted it, and so like, and before that, um, Ape Eric back in the day posted had had one. Um, but like, so it's a press kit. It's for the launch of the game. Um, again, though, like it was sent out specifically to people to build some hype for the Switch game, but it also was sent out a long time ago to build a pipe for the other versions. Same press kit. Mm-hmm. So I do know that. But what other games for the Switch got press kits? That's another question. Toe Jam and Earl, I know, got one. Toe Jam um, and Earl did get a clamshell Genesis box, and there was a second clamshell Genesis box. Well, that box. was true. Well, that was through limited run games, but Toe Jam and Earl actually sent out a press kit with a comic book, some of the uh, action figures from the Kickstarter, oh, some yeah. stickers. Yeah, if you go to my YouTube channel, you actually see that I was fortunate enough to get one from them, and I did an unboxing of it. Yeah, so so it, was to prom- it was to promote the game, not necessarily the Switch physical, but just the release of the game on the consoles in general. But, you know, they did have one. Uh, one that a lot of people don't know, or maybe don't know, uh, Eagle Island 
which is just a digital eShop release, but they actually did send out a little kit with a um, a stuffed eagle in a nest, like nest paper, and a postcard with the eShop code on it. Nice. So that's one that I know about. Cause that's a foxicle. That is, and I got one. I got one. I mean, because um, if you think about it, if it actually has a code with it, that's a foxicle or whatever. That's a, a release. Special, well, but it's a special it wasn't, edition. But it wasn't released to the public. So nope. nobody, you couldn't buy this. But it would still be a release. If you're, I would if say you're, more. It's a prom- I think it's more of a promotional piece than a not release. If, not if it has a legit code in it. Like if you think about, because like like the one for Horizon, like came with like Domino's Pizza coupons or something. Like it didn't come with the actual game, as far as I'm trying. Maybe it does. It, 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 I I what I saw is it did come with a a mock case, like a switch case. Nice. So yeah. I mean, so the thing is, is if it legitimately has that and we're calling fozicles something that mm-hmm. comes in a legitimate like some kind of packaging like sonic mm-hmm. Mania didn't have a case in it and but it was released retail this didn't have a case in it and it was released to people right just because it's limited doesn't mean that it's necessarily not legit either yeah and something mm-hmm. that we could talk about in future ideas that we've had too so yeah like i'm just saying like what is legit See, to me, okay, so we could take a poll on this. We could definitely pose this layer. I would put this under a section of just promotional material. Press kits. kits. Yeah, press kits, promo. Um, Just because if, to me, it's like if you can't, if people can't readily buy this, I don't necessarily know it should count as a physical release, a physical release, more so than just, you know, people of the press get it. Um, That's just me. So I would well, say, t- to me you know, though, it's like if it's in limited numbers and being a classic NES collector, like it's not that it's not available. It's just wasn't released to the to the population. People consider stadium events part of the NES collection. Well, it was only released in a tiny market before it was pulled from the shelves. It was not released countrywide, worldwide. But it so, was on the shelves though. But right. for like a day in one state, you know what I mean. So it's not red. That's not re- readily available. I'll tell you that right. much. So like same type of deal, same type of limited quantities. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be something that's an interesting topic for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I would absolutely have it in its own section because it's cool to compartmentalize and have subsets. So it would go in its own section, but. Again, now would you still something yeah. that's collectible? Now would you do pre-order items and bonus goodies like that? I mean, yeah, you you would mm-hmm. you would you absolutely should. I mean, if you're considering like the Saints Row, you know, yep. like that little extra packaging, like I was able to get that. Like it's right. not going to be readily available now if you go to a GameStop. I'm mean, even just like posters, right? GameStop has posters. Best Buy's had posters. We've had coins. We've had bobbleheads for Crash Team Racing, keychains, You can pins. go with all the display pieces that are at all these stores and uh-huh. all the fake GameStop cases and like, the promo cases. And, you know, you can it's, go. It's the only time we've seen Red Out as a physical case. <laughs> it's also the only time we saw the Zelda DLC expansion pack. Yep. That was, that was the very first fake case promo store item that I, I remember getting was the Zelda DLC artwork. Yeah, the little princess Zelda. And I mean, yep. 
I have a picture of that going in the book too, just because it's, yeah. it's a cool thing. But um, it depends on like how deep you want to go, and that's what's really cool about collecting is like you could go super deep and get like everything upon everything. And I will tell you that with old school retro gaming collecting, those promotional pieces are what are top dollar. Those old school classic neon NES signs, Nintendo mm-hmm. signs, the stuff that was. Like the display pieces that were at like a Funko Land where it has said like collect your games and like there's right. stuff like that for the Switch out there right now. So it's not like retro cool, but in twenty years from now it'll be retro. Like you know what I mean? So like who's now, have to we, say? Yeah. Now have we talked about accessories as well? Nope. Cause we have so many accessories that are official, not official. That, I, I would know. say, like, for the book, it's going to be highlights, the, the best stuff that we've seen from the years. Okay. Um, That's otherwise, fair. it's too far down the rabbit hole. And I've done it in previous yep. books where I've covered accessories. Um, so that's one thing, and it actually ties into the book a little bit, but the press kits. Um, the other one, this is something that I told JP nobody's talking about online. As JP's typing. I, I am typing, but I'm listening. He's trying to post Twitter because he can't stop. <laughs> no. You know... <laughs> After you mentioned the Horizon Chase Turbo Press Kit, I was like, I'm going to go back to them one more time and just ask if there's still one available. <laughs> you got you got me thinking. But you know what? I'm going to stop typing. I'm listening now. What What is no one talking about? <laughs> All right. So there's something that's like out there. Nobody's really talking about it. I saw one person kind of mention it. All right. So obviously, within the last week, the new Switch was released, right? The new Switch console. In Australia. The Red Box. Switch. Yes. It's not in Australia. People are buying in the stateside. I got buddies that bought one. Oh, did not know it got released. Oh, it's released. Okay. Shit, Spawn Wave Media has one. They bought it at the store. Like, <laughs> I'm saying Nintendo's not sending out free ones. The guys that are posting it on YouTube, they're getting them. And I haven't I've seen, seen... I've seen three. Yeah. I, I actually, Spawn Wave, like, took it all apart and compared the actual collector chips. Like, the actual processor chips. So, um... So, anyway, searching McSearcherson. Um... The new Switch is up. So the one thing that one of my buddies posted was, so the battery, the, the it has extended battery relief, right? That's all Nintendo's talking about. Oh, it has batteries. Right. That isn't what it has. It's way better than that. So the new battery yes. life, is it, there's no new battery. It's the same battery. So... so the new battery life is due to a new processor chip. Hmm. So it's able to optimize the battery better. So what does that mean? It means that games are going to run better. So games, and and I saw video comparisons, games run better on the new Switch. Somebody showed Doom. And so Doom has a standard frame rate. If It's like 30 instead of 60 frames per second, right? But how it keeps that is it does this thing called dynamic resolution, which means if the chaos gets a little if it gets a little chaotic, if things get a little insane with a bunch of enemies, the resolution drops a little slowly, mm-hmm. so it maintains that frame rate. Well, it doesn't do that with the new Switch now. There's no resolution drop, so it's just it's no change. It's like all flawless. Skyrim does the same thing. Skyrim does not change its resolution or dip in any kind of frame rate, so it runs smoother. So 
some of these games, probably more of the modern ones, would run a little better. And it makes me think of even like Troll and I. Maybe mm-hmm. there'd be less glitches on the newest Switch version. Um, hmm. So it's interesting. Apparently, um, and the one, the YouTuber that I was referencing was Dreamcast Guy on YouTube. Um, he says it's about 10% better performance. If it's 10% better performance, that's kind of substantial if you're docking all these switch ports based on inferior whatever when mm-hmm. it comes to the playability. Like, oh, well, this game runs like crap. Well, there's a 10% better switch out there now. And that's like nobody's talking about that. Um, obviously, the Joy-Cons have also um, been improved. They feel a little heftier now. Like, they're the same weight, but they feel like a little more solid so hmm. um they they don't know about the drift fix yet because they haven't played it long enough because mm-hmm. ju- it, it was just released last weekend so unsure about that but so so like nobody's really talking about that that's almost like dreamcast the guys who i saw on youtube but like nobody is mentioning that and the way that youtube goes when it comes to switch stuff is, is it's review and forget and move on to the next thing that's what mm-hmm. everybody's always doing well to me, this is almost like it's it's a full console. I don't have the budget to buy another console when we have the Switch Lite right around the corner. Um, but it's very interesting that nobody's talking about that it's not legitimately a new battery. It's the processor, and the processor will make games run better and then you have the whole games are also going to use the overclocked mode of the switch to run Mm -hmm. better so overclocked on top of the new processor like there could be some significant improvements see i don't so i don't know where they're getting it because i don't think it's been widely released because i I only say that because the websites that i've gone to denial (laughs) no i believe i know it came out in australia i'm sure it came out in certain stores Nintendo's website is saying beginning mid-August, and I'm I went to Target, Amazon, and Best Buy, and they still have the old one listed. So maybe there's like a soft they found slow it release. At the, they found it at the store and came across one. Um, from yeah. what Spawn Wave said, and he's up in he's up in um, you know the East Coast side, um, mm-hmm. northern, northern maybe real north. Um, anyways, he <laughs> said that he, the only one that he saw was the um. The blue and the the red. Mm-hmm. Blue and red. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Listen, I'm not saying it's not out. I'm just saying widely. I don't think pictures. it's available. Yeah. I'm seeing videos. There are multiple people posting videos. Hmm. So, okay. anyways, yeah. So that's the the one thing. So this may be, especially if if JP is like had doesn't even think it's out, then we might be one of the first <laughs> people to leak this improvement. So people like those of you that are on the fence, because I mean I've seen people talking about like even rgt85 saying well i'm not going to buy the new switch because it's really not worth it for just battery life improvement and Mm -hmm. it's it's, there's a little bit more than just battery life improvement it's literally uh you know they have a a marginal 10 percent improvement on some of the games that were struggling this is gonna be interesting because i do want to pick one up and i would definitely try troll and i again and see if i can notice a difference <laughs> You're gonna apply to troll and I. Poor JP, he's that's, forever that's, ruined. That's the game I'm gonna try first. <laughs> he's ruined. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> so I think we should probably um, dig into the um, 
the actual Switch collector. Um, yes, let's do that. Book. Yeah, so obviously we said at the beginning of the episode, um, switchopedia.com, just to keep things simple, it'll direct you to a preview page, which mm-hmm. will then be the actual campaign page. And Woo-hoo. so that's what it'll be. It'll get you there um, for the entire time that it is alive. And before we even dive into that, as soon as you open up the page, right at the top, you'll see a button that says click to be notified, and that'll keep you posted as to when it goes live. You'll get a notification, I believe, through email. So as soon as you go to switchopedia.com, just click that really quick so you don't forget. Um, And that way, we'll just send you, or Kickstarter will just send you that reminder the day it goes live, and you'll be all set. And um, when you do that, if you have the Kickstarter app, it'll give you a pop-up. Mm-hmm. so like and i do like when i do limited items and number them like i will go and order a backing so like i will number like say say we do 20 items mm-hmm. for the limited edition wooden cover that we get 20 backers i will number them one through 20 and so the first mm-hmm. backer who does it gets number one like like jeffrey wittenhagen doesn't keep number one i <laughs> i keep whatever one i get that somebody's not backing Mm-hmm. So like I have a I I want a copy of every one of my items for every campaign I do. Um, there's a few out there items out there in some of my campaigns that I do not have because they're way too crazy and expensive. <laughs> Stuff like giant limited edition hand burned boxes. There was a guy Heat Man on Facebook, and he did this awesome, amazing giant box that fits the book, it fits one of my old books and everything. And it was like, yeah, he only made one, so. That backer is the only one who has it. Um, but that being said, um, if if you have the app, it'll do a pop-up, and you can be like one of the first ones to back. The same thing for those that have followed me when JP posted that. You also will get an alert anytime I launch any project. So mm-hmm. so that's another thing is you can click on me as the creator, and you can, if you follow me as the creator, you also get alerts too. Which you absolutely should do. Jeffrey is awesome. And I'm not just saying that. Crazy. <laughs> so Yeah, he is crazy too. What else do we need to cover with this Kickstarter? Because I know every there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, so like for updates, within the last weekend, I want to say I wrote about another 20 reviews. I got them all into the book. I refined every every one of those reviews in the book wrote six pages on mario odyssey oh wow um yeah that was one of the reviews by the six pager um i also went and noted all the stuff i need to refine um because we are doing a jp switch mania section um i am going to go ahead and refine a few of the ones where we were initially we were thinking about integrating your comments into it but then because there's way more things that you need to talk about than we have space for like where i have your own section so this book has evolved <laughs> people it has evolved uh-huh. lots and it's going to get bigger because there's a whole section in there and when i said 250 to to 300 pages and that's what it says on the the actual kickstarter page it's at 286 already Oh and I gosh. haven't added contributors. I haven't added accessories. I haven't went down the like kiosks, like stuff uh-huh. like like any of that. Um, there's gonna be a backer section. There's 
a lot of stuff here. Developer interviews. So JP and I have been, as we, we talked about at the beginning, like we had, um, like I had a quote from Starkwell Games and they're excited to do an interview. And so we've talked to other a lot of other publishers and, and developers and oh yeah the support has been awesome like i'm like is it's amazing actually humbling like how how positive the switch community is because i mean i've released 12 books and this is the first one where you see like all the developers and the publishers just like support the whole community it's amazing yeah it's it, yeah, like you said, humbling is the best word because Saturday after I launched it, first thing I think is, okay, there's a lot of games in year one from these publishers and developers that have been engaging with us that I've been talking to. So the first thing I did is I sent them the link to it. I said, hey, just let you know, we're going to be doing this book. I'm a part of it with Jeffrey Wittenhagen. And all of them were just really happy. They they got excited about it. You know, they could see the teases that we have on the Kickstarter page. Uh-huh. But what's even better is that they started retweeting it. And, you know, this is over a month out already, and they're already sharing it. So Super Rare Games retweeted it. Play Asia retweeted it. And then, you know, I've been talking with some of my friends that run Nintendeals, go Nintendo, Nin- Nin Soup, Nintendo Soup, you know, and even just like the publishers like SMG Studios that does Death Squared. And I'm sharing this with them. And they said, oh, yeah, we're going to we're gonna uh, share this when it goes live. We're excited about this. And then, you know, we also posted to our Facebook group. We posted it to the Discord. We posted it to Twitter. And just a lot of people are just so excited for it. They, they were asking why they couldn't back it already. They said, oh, the page doesn't yeah. seem to be live. I, I mean, it's it's exciting. You know, I, this is my first time ever being part of the Kickstarter and I can't, couldn't think of a better one than a, the first of its kind, the first book to really start cataloging and documenting the physical switch journey. Yeah. And, along, with, along, along with digital aspects, of course. And, and, of course, right now there's no trailer. There is a trailer in the works. I actually have a, a legit pro working on one. Um, he did the intro for the Game Chasers and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, he's and, he, and for the gaming historian, Norm. Um, he's, he's done some awesome, awesome work. Um, mm-hmm. and I was at a convention next to him and we were chatting he had some awesome stuff. And then like, I was like, Hey, I'll keep you in mind. And then when this one's kicking off, I'm like, yep, it is time to get a pro to do an amazing, you know, something that's worth worthwhile for the Nintendo switch. Yeah. And and now, just looking at even the stretch goals, they've evolved since Saturday. Yes, they and have. we've and so, that's that's from feedback that would, we've already been like getting. I would like to go down the page. Um, yeah, let's just, do it. Just talk some stuff. So there's comments. We'll talk about the comments at the end. Um, but basically, at the top, I have an unofficial and unlicensed book for passionate collectors. So the main thing about Nintendo proper is, as long as it doesn't look like it's a licensed product were good. I've seen books in the past where they straddled that line and Nintendo didn't like it. Like, if you put their seal of approval and you changed it to JP Switch Mania seal of approval, but, you know, it's obviously not theirs, they don't like that because it's looking like something that's official. So, mm-hmm. I don't even put Nintendo in the title of the actual book, so that way they know, hey, I don't want y'all to think, you know, mm-hmm. obviously it's about the Nintendo Switch. Um, It's why we had, you know, awesome, awesome Erica, I, I think I put her name initially as <laughs> Emily, which was funny as hell. But um, um, it's, it's why we had Erica do an awesome 
logo for us. Oh, yeah. It's custom, so that we're not even using the Switch logo. We're using a custom Switch Collector logo. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way they know, hey, we're, we're serious about our passion for the Switch. Um, and then we have the artwork from Rusty Shackles that just looks amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a couple different pictures. I got one with a, a Breath of the Wild background for the main one, but I also have a white background, so like we can swap out anything we can if we need to. Um, mm-hmm. People happy. Um, and then, so I'm not going to go over any of the text, but um, essentially, you know, it's volume one, so it's the first year of the Switch. Uh, ironically, somebody mentioned to JP that the back is licensed by nintendo i'm like i must have designed that back amazing because i designed the entire (laughs) back all the imagery all the text i got did the screenshots all that stuff um and like the only thing is like the promo art which is promotional to sell nintendo items you know what i mean like so yeah like, like it's (laughs) <laughs> they're like oh i was like man i must have done awesome on that back it must be really <laughs> roughly because literally the book is going to be a one for uh, not a one for one but like a representation of a switch case that's what i wanted so like you got your cover on the front and on the back it has like what a lot of switch games have on the back mm-hmm. with like a bunch of different you know different types of different sized uh pictures and it just mm-hmm. looks cool and it's like create your legacy like different little taglines that i came up with just on the fly <laughs> the nintendo switch collector's guide that you need begins here i love that it's uh-huh. awesome. it just so once the tone so so can you tell us what it says under volume one on the spine under volume one um yeah so on the spine it actually has the date range so oh that's awesome because volume two when year two, the games are exponentially larger. There's a lot more games in year two. So mm-hmm. volume two may not cover the entire second year. So then it'll have a date range. Mm-hmm. So I like, like that. So, so it says it says March 17 to March 18. And then nice. next to that is my name because if I don't have my last name on the spine, Barnes & Noble won't carry it. Oh, unless you're like a mega publisher which you're that's going into old school get me on my soapbox about old school publishers <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but but that's why i started i didn't initially have my last name on the spines but barnes and noble that's why some of my original releases are not on the shelves yep well we're gonna get this one on that shelf heck we, we will see and that being said the top does say unofficial on license if nintendo is interested in license it we will absolutely pay the fees and license the book mm-hmm. like that is fine i will become a licensed nintendo you know book creator for collector's books or something because um, they don't have a collector's book rep mm-hmm. i would absolutely do that um so we have a couple of the spreads that show up um all of this is subject to change because i am continually tweaking things and modifying things to perfection i do that entirely throughout the whole time i work on on books um but essentially any feedback that we get we will make tweets um i do purposely put blaster master zero which was announced by limited run games so it shows people that it was a digital only title in 2017 um again backers will have the option to recommend their favorite digital only games and if we think it's like a worthy addition we'll add it to the book so there's mm-hmm. potential for expansion, which is scary because there's a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do a little bit of a short, in my own words, three-paragraph history on the Switch and kind of the impact that it's had on the collector's community. 
Um, mm-hmm. I do I do that just because I think it's cool. Um, details about the book, how it actually is printed, like the size of it, all of that stuff, um, what colors it represents and things. I went over that. Um, and then talking about the stretch goals and like that's all just a generality. And then mm-hmm. I talk about the people behind it. So I talk about myself, talk about you doing your collector aspects, Rusty Shackles and Erica doing the logo um then there's content within the book so it's like all the sections mm-hmm. go over we talk about fox foxicles foxicles <laughs> foxicles <laughs> um digital only and what that means um and also i do mention um j- other regions that can be enjoyed by players everywhere um mm-hmm. we are we do have a stretch goal that we added since then that was a request that mm-hmm. we Actually, we'll have a if the stretch goals met, we'll have a Japanese section. So not the ones that are enjoyable by players everywhere, which I would consider part of a main collection. Mm-hmm. But those games that you can't understand because they're in a different language, those yeah. will be in its own section. Now, I'm not just saying Japanese only, which I think in year one that's all that applies. But it, it'll be other language, international releases. Yeah, as of as of now, from um, what I can think, is. There was some German only in either year. I'm going to double check either 2017 or 2018. But like you said, in terms of like region specifics, I haven't seen that many and uh, that, that have come being, out. That being said, too, though, a game like Spelunker, I am still putting in the main section because even though it's not in English, you can still play it. Mm-hmm. So there's that, too, where some of the stuff will be subjectively playable, may yeah. not necessarily be... 100% enjoyable. I mean, it's kind of like La Mulana 2 that we talked about. I actually play, right. busted it open and played it, and there's a lot of story where you can't understand what's going on. But you can oh, definitely boy. jump through the caverns and, and beat up some enemies and find mm-hmm. some... I still was having fun with it. So mm-hmm. that would be... That would fall into that category. Mm-hmm. So, again, though, if it hits the stretch goal, we'll definitely cover it. Um, I got the JP JP's Collector's Corner. The rabbit hole <laughs> goes deep. And, oh my god! And I put in there, everybody tweet at JP to get to writing because he <laughs> promised trying. me that on Monday, like yesterday, oh he was going to start writing. <laughs> and here's the thing, people: if this game, if this book gets delayed to <sighs> September 2020, which is what I put on there, that's because of JP. <laughs> I will not let that happen. I'm trying my best. Stop making me play all these games. <laughs> hey, we got to switch mania to do. I know, I know. We got a playcast to do. Um, it's true. No, I, I talked to JP offline, but it's it's one of those things where I've learned throughout the years because I do a full time job and I you know with my daughter and my wife um and doing family time it's I maximize my time so like I have if I have an hour and a half for lunch I'll spend thirty minutes writing I will take every reasonable moment and knock out little bits here and there whereas JP will be tweeting things. So that's important, though. You got other people, though. So I know, I know. Yeah, so you're gonna have to use the the switch mate the JP's switch mania posse out there. The <laughs> yes, everyone start start hounding me to write because I, the the rabbit hole could go deep forever. 
Well, uh, it's yeah. crazy. Well, and that's the thing. So, like, I think you're underestimating how much you're going to need to write once you start doing it. Um, that being said, like, go as thir- if you wanted to just be little quotes and pictures, like, we can do that. It's just, depending on how you do it, you have to consistently maintain it across the entirety of what we do. Right. So, I will I am, say the I am yeah. going deep down the rabbit hole when it comes to writing because there's so many things that I find interesting about each game that I want to cover it. And mm-hmm. I think that the more analytical and educational I get, the better it stays within fair use um, because it really is going to be a definitive switchopedia. Um, it'll mm-hmm. be just a definitive guide to the entire switch library, the whole series. So, I mean, that's why I'm going deep down because I don't want to have any, like, oh man, I wish I would have written more on. <laughs> like, right. no, I'm gonna. Like, I went back, looked at Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and I'm like, I need to write about the master mode and the DLC. I didn't talk right. about anything about the whole DLC side quests. So I'm like, I need to jump down that rabbit hole. So that's gonna be another two pages. I think, I think that one might be an eight page review. So like, did the DLC, did the second DLC come out in year one? I'm just gonna talk about it because I'm not gonna go to the master mode rabbit hole um, again. Mm-hmm. Um, we might mention it shortly, but I'm going entirety of each game as available. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at the picture, and the, and the first thing I think of is I want a picture of all the year one physical games. I think that'd be awesome. Oh, for your collection? For Yeah, for like the picture, instead of just showing all the games, because it has games from years two and three in there, it's like maybe an outward-facing kind of display of showing every single physical or physical game with english support obviously get creative yeah i mean that's the thing like you can whatever picture you want there that was literally just a collection picture that you had going right so like whatever picture you want to show off your collection and this is the same for all the contributors um contributors will have an opportunity to show off their stuff too um so that's this final part of the book and now that was one of the comments is somebody said you may want to rethink having contributors in the book because i don't want to hear what joe schmo has to say is kind of generally what he said and i said it's in its own section so you can choose if you want to actually read their section or not that's to you and so it's not gonna be like interspersed in the reviews it'll be so that'll be a consistent thing it'll be at the end um and the thing is is like the virtual boy book the contributor stories were really interesting um, I mean, there's even Adam Goldberg from the Goldbergs wrote in there. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. insane. So, I mean, who knows who's going to contribute to to the Switch book and the community itself? Like, all the stories and the comments you read on the cast are interesting. So, it'll be a fun time. Um, yeah, I really, I really hope people take advantage of that tier because you know the Switch means so many things to so many people and so many different things to so many people that. You know, I like reading people's stories. I mean, to me, that's what's very interesting about this yeah. community is that, I mean, first and foremost, I think the thing that I've seen a lot on, on Twitter or even on the Facebook group is that people are collecting like they've never collected before for the Switch. And I honestly want to know why that is. I think that would be very interesting to see. And hopefully the people that back at that tier will share their story as to what what interested them about the switch but what got them to the point where before they even noticed they have 100 200 300 physical games where they've never collected like that before mm-hmm. right i mean and i think I'm, like through reading all these too we're going to be able to piece together the culture behind the switch 
yes through the stories and the thing is and mind you those that are listening like this won't be unedited and i actually edited the <laughs> the edited the kickstarter page and i said everything is pending approval of the author me and will be edited modified to fit the tone of the book and avoid redundancies so he said he didn't want to read i think it was on the maybe the discord he didn't want to read a a thousand stories on licking the switch cartridges like oh that was right on right here so uh yeah uh right on the kickstarter he says i don't care about joe blow's opinion on the taste of switch of each switch cart but you know what maybe each one tastes differently you don't know um, and, well, the thing is, too, is that <laughs> if we have similar um, comments, like, we can put it all together in one right. in one section. And, I mean, I've had, like, contributors say, Chrono Trigger is the best game. End of story. And that was his contrib- <laughs> And I was like, excellent. So, like, <laughs> like there's stuff like that, too. Um, right. But I will make sure that at least everything looks amazing. And yeah. That's all we can do. I'm not going to tell people what to write because I'd say nothing is off limits as long as it fits the theme of the book, which means that's fit year one of the switch. Like if somebody starts talking about year two or three, like it will be edited appropriately. Um, right. And, and then every edit though is sent back to the contributor, so that way we're not like misquoting someone too. So right. keep that in mind. But now I know some. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I know some tiers have you know. Zero out of eighty backers. One, you know, one left. Now, are these tiers just open in general to everybody, or are you putting limits on them? Where at? So, like the contributor tier, the everything tier, um, and you'll you'll talk about those. Right. What? I think it just says zero backers. Right, but I mean, are you limiting it? So, are you going to say only up to eighty people can back it at this tier? So, like the contributor no, tier. The- the only okay, thing good. that I've and th- that might be a mistake because I may be underestimating if this becomes like gangbusters. That's my, that's um, my question: is if you see three hundred contributors on day one, you know our book nope. grows exponentially. Nope, it'll go in. I mean, now the thing is, if we do get that many, we may have to limit the amount people can write, but mm-hmm. they'll still be able to write. You just have to write more concisely because we may not have okay. the room if we have three thousand contributors. Um, right. The only thing that's limited is the early bird tier, which means right. that, and it's the book only. There's a lot more than just the book, but the book oh, yeah. only you can get it for thirty dollars instead of forty, and it's limited to the first so many. I'm not going to say how many, but uh-huh. the first so many backers will be able to get it. It's it's not a ton. Um, I just wanted to you know give those people that support early and just want the book, they can get it super super cheap. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody said forty is a, a perfect price point, which, um, and the thing is, is I would do it more affordably, but with all of these stretch goals that I'm gonna add, like nobody's mm-hmm. gonna have to increase any pledges. Like at forty dollars, it's it'll be able to cover like the coolest of the cool stuff. And we're gonna go over like some of the stuff that we're gonna be able to do. Um, mm-hmm. So the project items is the next part of the Kickstarter. Uh, we got the PDF. So the $10 pledge gets you the PDF of the book. Um, should work in any type of e-reader. And if anybody has any issues with any of that stuff, I work with them for formats and stuff. It's too easy. You just contact me. Um, I'm OCD. I always have to respond. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> then you got the hardcover book. That's the $40 pledge. Early backer gets it. Um, then you got contribute a story. Um, I also add, said in there, get your own card. So one thing that we're doing that JP didn't realize is I'm doing an entire card set to kind of tell the history of the creation of the book. So, for example, the 
artist is going to get a cover get a card of him doing the art um gonna have me as the author and jp as you know as a collector section um everybody that's involved will have a card now the art that they put on there's up to them um and that those that contribute will also be able to get a card um i am going to have to now i may change it like that might be limited to get your own card Mm -hmm. It might be limited to the first so many backers because we're only doing a single deck of cards, people. Mm-hmm. So that's 54 cards, I think it is, because you got 52 plus like two jokers or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I saw it, it's like 54 cards is going to be the most. So if we have 300 backers, like it's going to be the first 50 or so. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or I might do a contributor deck. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. I, I mean, so. That being said, first 50, 50 backers are going to be the ones because you're still going to have the standard couple. Um, right. But, yeah, so I would say probably the first. Yeah, that. so you're hearing us work it out live on the cast, so we'll do a contributor <laughs> deck. Um, that way, so that way the same people that were worried about reading about Joe Schmoes, there's also a contributor deck. Um, mm-hmm. And so that might be exclusive to contributors. Um, there'll be a way for people to get everything if they want everything, though. Um, mm-hmm. Again, everything is pending approval of the author. Um, so then there's the wooden cartridge box, and I got a couple of high-res pictures I took. Um, so that's the Kickstarter exclusive. When I say Kickstarter exclusive, that means that whoever backs it via this project, and I'm not going to be making them, putting them up on a website later. Like, Mm -hmm. if I, I, every time I do items with a Kickstarter, I round up to, um, cover what they call dunnage. So I'd be like, if I ship JP the wooden cartridge box, and it shows up in splinters, like it shows up broken, I have a couple extras that I can ship for for a replacement. And mm-hmm. so that's what I have. And then I don't typically post those online. I typically take them with me to conventions. Mm-hmm. So like the limited edition Super Nintendo games I had with the with the pocket guide, I took those with me to um, the last convention. I took a couple. So, like, at Game On Expo, when I'm going there, I'm going to be taking a couple with me for sale. Like, people can hunt me down and, and find the limited items if you miss out on the Kickstarter. Because we will have a lot of people that will, for their, for eternity, will be asking us, Oh, I missed the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Can I get the <laughs> wooden cartridge box? And if, and if somebody asked how many that does it fit, I was able to stack in 100. Oh. In that, and it's Wait. a small box. So, year one, you're covered. You're one, you're covered. And so, like, the box that I showed, it goes, there's about 10 rows that fits, and you still fit your whole hand behind it, like your fingers wow. behind it. Um, and you can go 10 deep, 10 high. And it'll awesome. go right up to the lip. <clears throat> so it's it's tiny. It's a small little box. Um, it actually fits inside of the flip, get, the flip grip as well. So the little flip grip where you can play games in tape mode on the Switch, it actually fits perfectly in there. So that's how I have mine displayed on my collection is, is I have it in the, the flip grip, which now has the flip grip has utility. <laughs> um, and then I'm letting people choose because I'm hand staining it and hand glossing it. So if they want it to be black or red. Mm-hmm. Um, I also put logo subject to change. So um, we may change the switch logo to the R logo and mm-hmm. the switch collector underneath it. Um, just depends. Um, depends on on how things go. Um, mm-hmm. And then underneath that, the next tier. So so the wooden box is includes a book, 
and it's a hundred bucks. So, and it requires some some labor for me as well. So it's a hundred dollars to get that with the book. So you can display your entire year one collection <laughs> inside of their cartridges <laughs> and, and have the book. Um, th- then next is the limited edition wooden slipcase. So mm-hmm. this is something that I've had um, Buddy do, Ozpin. He's done wooden. He did one wooden one with a living hinge before. Um, but with the Virtual Boy book, he did this, what I show as the the wooden slipcase. And he's actually lining it in felt and hand assembling them. I've done releases of Nintendo boxes like this. Um, mm-hmm. This one will be open on the side so you can put the book in. And the felt will prevent it from being damaged. So it's um it's only gonna be two colors, like not two colors, but one color. So like it'll that there's white on the picture, the white won't be there. It'll be black outlines. Mm-hmm. So and then the switch collector and then switch collector th- stuff will be black outlines. So I don't know if we're gonna do red or just a natural wood color, because like the red again, I will have to hand stain. Um, so I'm gonna probably give backers the choice, just like I. If we do natural, I will give backers the choice if they want me to hand outline it or not. Because I outline the uh, old ones by hand, and it looks amazing. It pops awesome. But it all depends on what they want. Because some people just want it to be the natural. It's not like wood burned, but it's like laser etched in wood. So it's not like dark, but it's like lighter. So it, it like in in the light, you can see it. But if I go over it, with like by, by hand it like it looks amazing mm-hmm. so it is up to each backer with that um and then the so that one is a hundred forty dollars um and that one comes with the book and the slipcase um and all stretch goals will fit in there um <laughs> hint hint um <laughs> and then we have the custom switch arcade which looks amazing. Uh-huh. Um, it one backer didn't mention that it looks a little squished. I think he said or stretched, like squish the stretched, so, stretched the out. Main. The yep. the main one. Um, that won't be a, an issue with the the main one. This was the demo one that I was sent. Um, to show it off. I'll mm-hmm. also probably give people the option if they want the Joy-Con cutouts or not. Mm-hmm. So they can either have that or not. Um, and also on the front, the logos will be updated because that's using my old Hagen's Alley Books logo. It's Hagen's Alley Entertainment. JP Switch Mania is not on there yet. Oh, oh I, I know what tier I'm a minimum backing now. Yeah, it'll, it'll be there. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not going to be Hagen's Alley Books in the middle. It's going to be the Switch Collector logo in the nice. middle and then mine nice. and yours on the, on the sides. So that's that, awesome. Um, and there's a stylized picture of my daughter playing Minecraft on it. So that's classic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the so that's one eighty, um, and then the and that actually is going to cover shipping t- to the backer individually. So that one, like you'll get those when he finishes them before the book's done. Mm-hmm. So as soon as he gets them done, he's going to ship directly to each backer because um, I'm charging enough to where it'll cover shipping. And I will say I have one of his arcade cabinets from a while back when I was with the Switch Effect, and they're awesome. They're really well done. They protect the system when you slide in the the console itself. I mean, it's it's very good quality. And I and now I I got the one before I think he even started doing these uh, cutouts for the Joy Cons, 
but this looks nice. Well, and like it's made with real arcade molding and wood. Yep. So it's not like those crappy balsa wood ones you see on Amazon. Like I have pictures comparing them next to each other. If people want to see those, I have them. Um, mm-hmm. you can absolutely, I'll post pictures or do a video even and show like the difference in thickness and everything. But it's it's legitimate heavy duty. It's the perfect way to play things in tabletop mode. Honestly, mm-hmm. like my daughter and I are sitting there playing playing games together, just on the floor, like laying around on on pillows back like back in the day around a tiny TV. It reminds mm-hmm. me of playing on a tiny TV. Like <laughs> it's it's crazy and it's it's fun. Um, and I think that's one of the cooler items. Um, so then the other thing is people are like, what if I want to get everything? So mm-hmm. it's a $300 tier gets you Ooh. everything in the campaign. Nice. Um, so that covers everything. Now there are also goodies and there's a way to get all the goodies too. Um, notice that shipping is not included in the minimum pledges. So when I said those numbers, there's also shipping. Um, the book only shipping is subsidized by me to help out international backers. So those that aren't aware, the USPS, United States Postal Service, charges a crap ton for shipping. Um, some of my books, like I have 500 and 630 page books, um, it costs 60 to $80 to ship to the UK or Australia. Just shipping. Ooh. And I charge like, if I charge $40 for the book and it costs $80 to ship, that's $120 to get out to somebody out in the UK or Australia. So... Um, this book isn't going to be 500 pages. It's going to be, you know, 300 ish. So it's going to be a little lighter. Um, but that being said, I'm going to charge a standard. I think it's going to be $30 internationally. And if it, if it ends up costing more, which it probably will, I will just cover it on my side because if this, if this campaign goes well, um, I would rather, everybody that wants to get a copy be able to reasonably and i will shell out a little bit out of what we make um then just them not be able to get it because it's literally 80 dollars to ship or something like mm-hmm. it also allows me to just easily price across the entire campaign so i can put every, like us cost this much and then right. everywhere else is this much and i don't have to itemize out per country because i've had to do that in previous kickstarters and it's it's really bad mm-hmm. so it's easier for me to subsidize even though it's gonna it's gonna even though it's like you know gonna cost more it's actually helps out all the backers so might as well do what's in the interest of the backers mm-hmm. um that being said because of the subsidizing if something gets damaged i may not be able to do the shipping like I normally do, where I always send out a ba- a book replacement immediately, like unless there's something crazy. If I can't get the claim approved, if I get the claim approved, don't care. But if I can, if I can't get the claim approved, it's going to be a different story. So it'll be a little mm-hmm. bit different. But I've got kinks worked out with everything. Um, all tiers come with the book. That's one thing. So like besides obviously the digital, we get the digital book. All tiers come with the book. Um, early bird is the first come first serve. Um, that being said, like there may be backers throughout the Kickstarter if they cancel their backer their their uh, pledge for any reason, like it'll come back up. Um, that may happen. There's people who have stuff going on all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And all non-book tiers are exclusive to this Kickstarter campaign. So everything that's not a book is exclusive. Wow. So like we're not going to be producing. 
this stuff forever. Like, it's we're doing this for the campaign because it's cool stuff. And there are some goodies that we're doing. And I added some stuff that JP wouldn't track, and he just read, and he's like, ooh. <laughs> um, so, first off, goodies. Switch collector trading cards. So, um, that's $5 extra to your pledge. So, say you pledge $40 for the book. Five extra bucks will get you trading cards. Um, we talked about it today via PMs, um, DMs, whatever you call it. And we're probably going to make the background switch red instead of the... Right now, it's a grid. So, mm -hmm. um, it's going to be red just to match. So, it matches the purview of the book. Um, so, that'll be red. Um, it's five random cards. Five red cards for red people. So, I wrote. <laughs> um, so, that is... And it's designed and subject to change. So, if we find something that works a lot, a lot better. Um, but I custom made the design. I was using it for a card series I was doing. Um, I'm doing a competitive card game in the future, so that will be the background of the competitive card game will be the mm -hmm. blue checker. Um, but yeah, I think doing red will make sense. Um, for $10, it is a check mark sticker set. Um, so basically, if you don't want to write in the book, you can use these check marks, and they will be clear, so that way you just literally put them over it. Two different types of check marks on it. Um, it comes like that in the sticker set. It's also available on Amazon. So FYI, we're just going to be getting these from Amazon. Um, but this is literally, if you don't want to deal with Amazon, you just want us to do it for you. That's how much it costs shipped is $10. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> like, it's like the same price on Amazon. So I'm not up charging anything for that. Um, for $20 onto the pledge it is a high quality print from rusty shackles, the artist himself. I love um, that. Yeah. So, um, in the past it was a, a decently popular tier, um, with the complete NES, Joe Simcoe did the same thing. So Rusty Shackles, another awesome artist, is going to be doing a high-quality print. Um, I, he, I asked if he's going to do a poster. He said, I don't like posters. They get crappy quality. I want to do an actual awesome print for it. Um, and the background is subject to change because Rusty sent me a bunch of different backgrounds. This was his initial background that he did, the different coloring. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure which one he's going to use. Would you do, okay, I was going to say, would you do a poll? Um, we could, or I'm not going to tell an artist how to do his art. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then $25 extra is a Switch Collector t-shirt. So I'm going to use, like, a, I, I have it as gray. Um, mm -hmm. The shirt colors to be determined, but I think gray matches the cover of the book. So, and I've been digging that, because otherwise, if you do, like, a black t-shirt, it kind of doesn't allow the outlines to pop as much mm -hmm. so i kind of like the the gray um and i'm going to be getting with people so we get high quality shirts because in the past whenever i've seen some of these custom shirts like they turn into belly shirts in like a week after you wash mm -hmm. them a couple times. i hate that so i have a couple of people that i know at conventions that do shirts and i'm gonna find out where they print it so it will be high quality people like nice it would be well worth the 25 bucks um and then the one that I added to JP that he didn't know about, um, <laughs> Kickstarter exclusive switch case with pin and checklist. So what we're going to do is an actual, and I, I'm getting the cases from Nintendo. So we're supporting Nintendo. I'm nice. getting blank cases from Nintendo. I'm not getting the, the bootleg cheap ones on Amazon or wherever they're doing them. I'm getting the actual switch cases. Um, but I'm getting a limited edition cartridge pin made. Um, it'll be black, and it's gonna look like a cartridge with the Switch Collector logo on the front. Looks just like a Switch game, but it's a pin. 
Um, I'm trying to see if they'll do or I can do some kind of rubber or foam so that it'll actually be the three millimeter width of a switch cartridge and it'll fit in the case slot. That would be amazing. Um, and then there's going to be a manual in it. And obviously there's going to be in this, the switch case is going to have insert with printing on both sides. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, um, <laughs> and then a manual that is literally a mini checklist of the entire first year of collecting. Oh, I so love that. It'll fit in your pocket. Um, it's not going to be super. It's not going to be super in depth. It's going to be literally text based. What games there are? In I don't know if I'm going to do alphabetical order, or if mm-hmm. I'm going to do year release date. Release date. Oh. Probably release date order. That could be tricky though. Sometimes it's not entirely clear. So for certain games. Yeah, and it'll be all physical but, games. Um, de- don't know if we'll do Japanese in there or not. Um, oh, so you wouldn't put like in the back like physicals and things like that? It would just be the physical. Just the physical side. I got to limit it because we only can do so many pages. Like I'm saying, like, right, I'm right. going to be printing this and stapling it and folding it. So <laughs> it can't be a million pages. It's going to be like a small amount of pages. The text is going to be very small, people. <laughs> Tiny. <laughs> but it's going to be awesome to have an actual manual-sized mini checklist you could put in your pocket. Um, now, I will say that Limited Run Games is holding the record right now, I think, at 76 pages, maybe, for Toe Jam and Earl. I do not want to break that record. <laughs> no, I didn't say break, but we could get to it. Yeah. Um. So that <laughs> is adding $30 to your pledge, which is ironic because that's as expensive as some physical switch games out there <laughs> um but i'm i itemized it out and that's literally about what it's going to cost me mm-hmm. um i may have to go ten dollars more depending on <laughs> how much it costs to do some of this stuff um because i haven't gotten the quote back from the pin yet i assume mm-hmm. what the pin's gonna cost um and then there's one other item that i don't have up there yet but i'm getting a demo this weekend at game on and it's going to be a switch collector red glass that is etched like an actual beer glass nice by moto glass moto's glass does like the best um glass work and he's Mm -hmm. getting me a red one with the switch collector logo on it it's gonna be white so with with the logo and the icon so Mm -hmm. he charges 30 for those so that might be the 30 dollar pledge too so Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna itemize everything out and see um and then all Switch Collector add-ons right now is $80. So if I add the the glass to it, it'll be $100. Um, mm-hmm. but, and I want to support Moto Glass, too. So that being said, though, like that's a lot of goodies. So if we're talking $300 for all the Switch Collector tiers, and then there's an extra potential $100, that's $400 to get a ton of stuff. It's a lot of stuff, though. It's a little expensive but we're making it ourselves mm-hmm. so that being said but the book is is where it's at and it's 40 bucks so um now we got to go into what we're going to expand the book on so as stretch goals go um basically when a kickstarter gets funded um i have 10k as the funding goal to get us a small print run mm-hmm if it gets past that, we will continue to add things. If achieved, they will be added to the book. So if it gets 15K, 
um, we will print on the end sheets, which means print on the inside of the of the cover. Um, now backers will have the opportunity to submit their own custom artwork that we'll use in there. So that's an absolute I, thing. Like if we got some artists, like I will include your art in the book. No oh, problem. That's so cool. No problem. Um, we, have, we already had one of the developers, you know, like we mentioned earlier. Um, yep. So there's options. Twenty um, K will do a bonus bookmark ribbon. So I'm already doing a blue bookmark ribbon that will be in every single book that and then if we hit 20k we'll do a red one so there'll be two bookmarks just like switch joy cons red and red and blue um (laughs) and you can mark your place or your favorite pages in the book um 25k we will cover all the non-english friendly games and and in their own section so that'll be throwing that in there and then at 30k all books get a premium slip cover that means Kickstarter exclusive. So, in other words, if we have a hundred backers on Kickstarter, we're doing a hundred slipcases. Um, wow. The rest will not. So, if you don't back on Kickstarter, you don't get the slipcase. Mm-hmm. Again, I do a couple extra for Dunnage, but there don't count on there being extras. I mean, I've ran out of every slipcase I've done. I've done slipcase with my definitive Super Nintendo, which I had lenticular animation on. Hint, hint. I may do something crazy with this. Haven't decided yet. Um, <laughs> once we get close, if we know we're going to hit that, I, I will start coming up with cool ideas with that. Um, mm-hmm. And I will add that as a future stretch goal. Like, hey, so the slipcase now will have lenticular animation. Or I had options to do 3D animation on the, the virtual bone, but it was really expensive. Well, people are supporting us. Might do some crazy stuff, people. Um, so yeah, it'll get you a, a premium slipcase though that goes over. It looks awesome. It's hard. It's hard cardstock, all glossy, just like the cover. Looks amazing. Um, and I said if we have really, we have, we have tons of really awesome ideas. Maybe if you ask JP, he will let you know. <laughs> um, Maybe. Should I go over um, hints on future stretch goals? Because I already have the next four tiers done. It could be for. Listeners. I mean. I, I, yeah, I think if people are sticking with us to the end of this episode, they deserve to hear something new that we haven't revealed yet. Yeah, and you want to hear it too. I know. Of course I do. Yeah. Um, let me see. I think it's this one. Continued. Yeah. So um, <laughs> so after 30K, every 5K is going to be extra pages. So at 35, 45, and then past that right so it'll mm-hmm. be we'll allow um we're gonna start doing some two-page spreads on stuff again if backers want to submit some awesome artwork we will throw that in there with games otherwise we will um probably put a lot of these out to a vote on what people want to see um mm-hmm. so there's that and i've kind of written it out at the top of the let me see real quick. Um, yeah, we'll do a few. Like I think I put three double double page art spreads. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty awesome. Um, <clears throat> so forty k is a, a big one. Thread sewn binding. Do you know what thread sewn binding is? I do not. So they everybody you would be able to lay the book flat, like open oh. it up and lay it flat, and you could view everything. Um, it also is means it would last essentially forever. It's pretty expensive to do thread sewn binding, 
but um, literally is the best type of binding you can do. Um, so it would be like old school books. Super cool. Um, so then, you know, 45K is more extra pages. Now, 50K is where things get cool. It's called spot, spot varnishing on the cover. So spot varnishing means like we could take the the black parts and kind of mm-hmm. subdue it back to where things feel like 3D-ish. They feel it has mm. like texture to it almost. It's really cool. I like that. So like again, we're adding quality to every book. And so there's tons of extra stuff we can do. I mean, we can go make the covers better, the lenticular cover thing type deal. Um, <clears throat> there's other stuff like that that we can do too. Um, so yeah, it's going to be super interesting. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Um, I think there's still, like I still, in the, at the end of the campaign, I go over the budget, like where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, like stretch goals and how that works. The timing, um, like in all reality, as long as JP doesn't take forever to write, um, <laughs> like it could be shipping out come March. Like if we do a September to October Kickstarter campaign, October, November, design, writing, backer add-on. So JP needs to be done with everything before November. Um, that means it needs to start now if you're writing hundreds of pages. Um, and then uh, December through February's production and printing. The The actual like printers they shut down for christmas time Mm -hmm. so like and you know depending on what country you go to some of them shut down even in like january so and then it takes like months to ship like two Mm -hmm. months to ship so and then it should go out to everybody by march like that's like a like that's like my estimate but it could be longer and so it's here's my estimation of time um and then shipping and how we're going to do the um, fulfillment house for maximum speed and consistency with the books. Um, all the books are shrink-wrapped. I didn't realize I could shrink-wrap my books in the past, by the way, people. Like, I could literally do it at the printer. <laughs> I just asked. I'm like, hey, can I shrink it? They're like, oh, yeah, it's like 40 cents a book. I'm like, why didn't you tell me this? 40 uh-huh. cents is nothing. Like, what the heck, people? Like, jeez. Like... So yeah, absolutely every book that I release from Virtual Boy on is mm-hmm. going to be shrink wrapped, obviously before they shipped out, so they'll be sealed. Nice. Um, and then at the warehouse, the books are individually bubble wrapped before going in a shipping box. Um, mm-hmm. My warehouse has been notorious for sh- using crazy boxes, so that's where um, I have to have some dunnage when it comes to books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also going to subsidize shipping just to help out everybody. Um, and throughout this whole Kickstarter, there's pictures of spreads and stuff just to make things look cool. Um, mm-hmm. I go over the partners who's helping out with the campaign. And then why um, Hagen's Alley, like a little bit about me and how I've released books and things. So hopefully everybody is willing to support. <laughs> yes, I hope so. And of course, leading up to September 10th, each week our goal is to you know, reveal some more content, show some more teases, just keep everybody's, um, keep this on everybody's mind as we lead into it, because I really do think this is a great book, a great project. Yes, I am, you know, a part of it, but even if I wasn't just as a Switch collector, 
the Switch is just getting crazier and crazier with releases. And, you know, as someone that's just so invested in the Switch community, I, I really do feel this book is just so useful, so helpful for anyone collecting from day one or just starting today. Uh, and whether you are collect everything, whether you collect just what you like, whether you collect, you know, barely anything, I still think a book like this is just going to have so much information in it and things that I think people are going to be learning about for the first time, right? I mean, we've talked about it. We're not going to reveal it today, but we have stuff that I, I strongly believe like the majority of people do not know about. And I think that's going to be fun to be sharing in there um, just randomly. It's not even going to be like highlight, highlight, you know, here's something you don't know. It's just going to be inserted in, in certain sections. So, you know, reading the book cover to cover, you're going to learn so much. And, you know, seeing all the different covers, the promotional pieces, the collector editions. I mean, there's there's going to be something for everybody in this book. And it's just like the Switch. There's something for everybody. And we're like, I've been thorough and sometimes like what we put down so like for example we're putting how many players there are right just like on Mm -hmm. the back of a switch box well sometimes the games are updated to where they allow for cooperative like cave story for example that's cooperative now Mm -hmm. um on the back of switch boxes for one player so the book will be correct Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's again is it that way in 2017 not really as important as like what is a a playable in the end ultimately playable Mm -hmm. like that's just to me um so it will be a awesome way to just learn about the switch also like it's kind of what i got into this like whole releasing the collector books in the first place is it allows me experience with every game um it also allows me to see crazy games that i knew nothing about mm-hmm. um there's a few games in just year one that i'm like man i never even played this game anybody <laughs> existed uh-huh. yeah it's ridiculous i mean troll and i might have to rewrite my review right i think you may after now we've gotten to discuss it a little bit more and i think i think our well i mean well, i at- think our opinions change just a little bit after playing it so let me um let's do a switch mania second because i think last time i read it too for tiny barbarian right mm-hmm. um let's go ahead and read the switch collector just at the end because we'll wrap it up from here we'll, we'll um we'll close out after this sure um so i will read troll and i so troll and i developer spiral house publisher maximum games released august 15th 2017 action adventure genre one to two players on the tv one to two players in tabletop mode and one player handheld mode and no internet online play um so troll and i is a game that has gotten no notoriety for being one of the worst games for the nintendo switch and after playing this game it is 100 percent merited um this is an action adventure game where you play as a character who meets a troll during a forest fire both characters have weird dreadlocks, and the graphics, upon its release, were already dated-looking. Um, <laughs> there is a crafting system that you have to do in order to make weapons and obtain food. There are enemies all around the world which come out of portals, and you use the troll to seal them up. A lot of the puzzles require backtracking a little too far, um, which in an open-world situation can be tedious, and it requires you to recall things you have seen before. 
Most of the early puzzles are pretty standard and everything seems to be great. However, once you get deeper into the game, that's when things begin to fall apart. So we didn't really get super deep during this playthrough. Um, mm -hmm. The pacing is pretty inconsistent and materials for crafting are pretty difficult to find later in the game. Um, on the outset, this all doesn't sound too terrible. However, the performance is where the game's issue arises. The game's issue arises. Um, the hit detection is really wonky, and you'll find your weapons constantly going through enemies when trying to make contact. So that right there, that statement isn't necessarily mm -hmm. true with the newest version. Um, mm -hmm. This makes doing any kind of stealth pointless, as you won't end up making contact, getting sent back fairly far. Um, combine this with tons of spots where the platforming and puzzles glitch out, and Troll and I is a poorly designed game. So I would say there's only two things that I would really change with that review. So, not bad. Um, issues arise. <laughs> games issues arise. <laughs> I gotta say the games issue arise. So there's certain things when you write to JP that like you'll write it, read it a million times in your head, and it's still like inherently uh -huh. wrong. Oh, I can't put partially. 100% merited. So, that being said, though, um, still, decent review. Um, I'm going to reword a little bit of that based on our Switch Mania playcast. But, again, we only played through the beginning part. Um, I was actually going off of like what I've seen, too. So, I do a combination of playing it, so I get the feel. On top of it, I also... Um, see what others have talked about with it and and kind of check out later playthroughs as well. And I saw all that crazy backtracking. It looked insane. I don't think I would have fun with that. Um, <laughs> so that's something we didn't get to de dig deep into. Um, so I'd say it's good to put a bow on this episode. Um, this weekend, I will be in Phoenix, Arizona at Game On Expo. Um, it's ran by John Lester, Gamester81, along with a mm. lot of amazing people. Uh, this is my third year going in a row. Um, nice. Super fun. Uh, as always, Master Daniel Pacino will be there. He played Johnny Cage and Scorpion. Um, he'll be preparing his liver because we'll be doing a lot of crazy drinking at the end, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, fun though um so th he'll be out there they're also gonna have a complete pokemon reunion from those members of the cartoon um as well as the voice of mario is going to be there nice so that's going to be pretty cool um and then a lot of other youtubers will be out there just hanging out having fun um buddy riggs will be there radical reggie like we'll be all hanging out, and I will be doing a panel to kick off the convention on Friday um, with Nerdy Nick on YouTube. <laughs> um, really cool dude. He'll be dressed up as like Buff Mario through the convention, and like he's a really built lifter dude, but he does tons of Let's Plays and live streams, so definitely check him out on YouTube as well. Nice. Um, so I'll do a, a good like what what i picked up at the convention next week on the plate guest um you can find me at hagensalley.com and everywhere on the internet is Hagen's Alley. i actually updated i think it's my instagram now is no longer the subcon three but it's Hagen's Alley books so 
it's updated as well. And the Switch collector is at switchopedia.com. <laughs> How about you, JP? Yep, so I, first and foremost, is my website, jpswitchmania.com. We host reviews, weekly release posts of all the games coming out supporting English, and some that don't, and just like in the Switch Collector, games that are enjoyable without knowing the language. So that goes out every week. So if you actually sign up to the website, you'll get that sent right to your inbox, which is awesome. Something to wake up to Sunday morning and get yourself excited for the week. I live on Twitter, so just look up JP Switch Mania, and I'm probably posting right now as I'm saying this. And I post 24-7 about the Switch. JP Switch Mania replied, well, you have to listen to our episode to see what we ultimately thought. (laughs) A non-perfect game doesn't necessarily mean it's not worth playing. Exactly. Switch Mania two minutes ago. Yeah. Two minutes ago. He literally posted during the playcast, people. I don't stop anymore, but I, I, <laughs> I like to focus on the physical, but of course I'll talk digital as well. We post our reviews on there. Any new pre-orders, deals, things that I find, I post there. So if you want something up to date on the Switch, follow me on Twitter. If you like to see pretty pictures, follow me on Instagram at JPSwitchMania. I post all the new releases that I pick up, and you can also follow my ongoing original Game Boy CIB collection on Instagram. Then, of course, there's YouTube. So JP Switch Mania, I post unboxing videos, and we actually are hosting the audio YouTube version of the Switch Mania Playcast on my YouTube channel. So you can check it out there. And then, you know, just for Switch Mania Playcast, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, on YouTube. I mean, we're trying to be on every single format. So however you listen to podcasts, we'll be there for you. And and again, just like Jeffrey said, switchopedia.com. That is where you want to go to keep track of the upcoming Kickstarter campaign. Yep, and we will put a bow on this episode. Thanks, everybody, for getting to the end. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. See you next week. See you next week. 